welcome to Critopocalypse episode 152, a podcast in which we review stuff and things and briefly talk about other nonsensical shit that has nothing to do with most of the stuff that we talk about initially, because I just like to gab a lot. Ant, how you doing? I've got a mouthful of coffee. Of course he's my co-host, he's got a mouthful of coffee and he's ready to rock the boat, rock the boat right. If you've got no love and you're with the wrong man, it's time to move your body. If you can't get a girl, but your best friend can... It's time to move your body. And welcome to Critopocalypse. That's just trying to solve everything with what's moving your body. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the key. Just, that is actually the key to solving every it's problem. It's an expansion of the if Buster Move theory. If you're a paraplegic, the, the cure to paraplegia is move your body, right? If you're stuck in a rut, yeah, key is to Captain move your body. Captain Dan used to do. What? Who's Captain Dan? He lost his legs in Vietnam. Oh, oh Ca- Captain Dan. Yeah. Uh, is that offensive to do that voice? I'm pretty sure that's a... Forrest Gump isn't that great a movie. <laughs> a lot of people think it's really good. But I I like to go with... I'm in the other school of thought where I'm like, it's fine. It's okay. It's a bit whimsical. But for the most part, I think that people like it so much because they're all fucking idiots. Um, and you're going to go first this week. But before you go first, I wanted to talk to you about something I'm quite excited about. Oh, God. That's right. We're teaming up with Spotify <laughs> <laughs> we get sponsored by Spotify. It's us, us and Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've died. Uh, no, I'm actually genuinely excited about it. Uh, so, I don't know if you've heard, I don't know if you care, um, Godzilla vs. King Kong has been moved forward to March 23rd. 26th. 26th. On HBO Max. I've got a HBO Max subscription, so we'll be watching Godzilla vs. King Kong. probably find the UK cinemas like before then. No, because cinemas aren't open until the end of March, are they? That's when they reckon that all the COVID restrictions are going to be done. So you might be able to see it a couple of weeks after, but um, I'm going to see... need a job. What? You need a job by the end of March. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You can work in the cinema. Yay. Yeah, why That'll be apply? nice and secure for a yeah. week before they show it again. plastic things. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, shut up. We make because of COVID restrictions. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. There's been like a lot of shit about Black Widow's potentially going to streaming because they still can't see a way to release it in cinemas. I think that's fucking stupid, because clearly cinemas are coming back. Um, but yeah, so we're getting King Kong versus Godzilla, because apparently there is more time to die, because James Bond's been moved back to later in the year. James Bond, with the title No Time to Die. When do you think they just let that title die, and they just go, it's James Bond, eventually? Because <laughs> he's had plenty of fucking time. It's going to come out and he'll have like a Nokia 3310. It was made so long ago, which is a technology from 20 years ago. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's that's all the big stuff, I guess. There's nothing really else that's worth talking about. I still don't have a PS5. Do you have a PS5? No. You're not prioritising that? No. <laughs> On top of food and a big house. <laughs> I don't have a job. I know you don't. We're going to fix that, all right? Don't you worry. Don't you worry, your pretty little mouth. I'll worry about the mouth. You worry about using it and we'll make some money. <laughs> Alright, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I don't want to... You like silk, silk shirts, though. You say you like the way they feel. Just imagine that you've got a silk shirt in your mouth dripping <laughs> down your throat. <laughs> and you'll go first this week. You're going to review some stuff and fangs. Go on. Get, get on it. Get your mouth around that and start talking waxing lyrical about your likes and dislikes of the last two weeks. How's 2021 for you, by the way? I don't know. People are trying to act like 2021's been really bad so far, but I've been getting lots of enjoyment out of watching the people who try to 
before the coup, getting arrested <laughs> the most and crying. The most incompetent coup of all time. Posting photos on themselves on their Twitters going, I'm here now beating this cop. Have you seen them? They're like all begging for like, begging to be... Um, Pardoned and stuff, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't see how you can pardon people that are literally terrorists. Yeah. Well, try, do you, could try. But... One, of my, one of my favourite things so far has been the downfall of Parler. I've, That's I'd, funny. I don't know if anyone knows this, but for a brief time... Who would have thought Parler would outlast Quibi? <laughs> it didn't really, because they've started at different times. But yeah, it, it was it was a live longer, we should say. Um, so yeah, so Parler. I, I joined Parler to see what, what right-wingers were actually talking about on there. And I can remember the first minute that I was on there, it was just... It had a news section, and in the news section it was like Dino De Souza and people like that, just like people that are bullshit artists, mm. you know, like Ben Shapiro articles. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. But as soon as I posted something, I was like, I was like, I can't wait for Trump to to reveal that he's a Terminator and comes out and he does another four four years and then four years after this. Trump 2025 and shit like that. And they were all like, they were all like, oh, we know you're a troll. We know you're this, we know that. And I was like, my blood's red, white, and blue, mate. Mostly because I eat too much milk. <laughs> but they're just, they're, they're, uh, it's a special kind of horrible place. Cause even if you're joking with them, even you're if you're on an FBI watch list now, even if you're really friendly with them, they, they are proper racist and they like, they throw it in everywhere. It's not like it, you know, like imagine if you're at a dinner party and you're sitting there, and you go, "Oh God, this is, this is lovely. This pudding. Where do you where do you get it from?" And so, "Oh yeah, that's the thing about the Holocaust. It's all made up." And you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I'm talking about the tiramisu. And it's like, "Yeah, well, the Jews invented it." It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which is pretty much what my Christmases were like until this year. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Anne, your first review. Oh, all right, I'm supposed to review something. I'm supposed to review something. Fine. Um, I haven't reviewed Monster Train yet. Monster Train. Oh, this is uh, this is the game that looks just like Slay the Spire. It's very similar to Slay the Spire. It's a card-based roguelike RPG type thing. It's a lot more faster paced. There's a lot more stuff going on. It does feel a little bit like a mobile phone game ported to console, but I think a lot of these games are made with mobile in mind, so they tend to have quite big UI interface buttons and stuff, so they're tappable. Yeah, and also I think this is one that likes Slay the Spire. redesigning them for console or something. Yeah. I think think this one likes Slay the Spire is... You played on Xbox, didn't you? Yeah. I think this is one of their cloud gaming ones as well, so they might do it just to... Yeah, you can play on PC as well. But it's... um, Yeah, it's it's one of these games where you're like... You have have like a bunch... Basically, it's Snowpiercer as a storyline. There's a train going through hell. The flames of hell have been put out, and then all that's left is like um, this like one spark yeah. that's powering a train and you're in a train for some reason the train goes vertical when you're in it I don't know why that's, I thought that I think that's a bit weird um, but whatever the carriages are stacked vertically yeah I guess it's a one carriage train it's just tall but um, you no, pick one horse pony. you pick a type of demon a type of you know a race from hell okay so you have traditional demon looking ones so you have like weird liches and <laughs> Um, you know, plant-based creatures and stuff like that. They're all different styles. And you have, like... Everybody knows that daisies come from hell. You have a lead group. Yeah. And you have, like, a subgroup. So it'll be, like, you're putting two different races together to create whatever combination like of things. Like your deck, things. basically. Yeah. Yeah. It basically decides what pool of cards you're going to potentially pull and what pool of minions you're going to have and what pool of spells you're going to have and stuff yeah. like that. Um, And, you know, there's angels trying to bust in and... 
you know, fight you and you do, you choose your moves and you fight back. And it's some of it's a bit auto automatic and stuff. It's very fast paced. It's all so right. You come and go, I kick ass for the Lord. No, no, but you just murder them and then they die. Oh. It's just fun. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some bits where like, you're going to use like spells. You'll get enemies, enemy angels who they have a little symbol on, it means they're just going to keep attacking until they've either killed all your guys or they die. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that sort of feels a bit like those auto card battling games that you get, the oh, deck okay. builder ones. Yeah. Um, and it is just like there's so much visual information on screen. Sometimes I get really like I, I'm getting really annoyed these days with visual information that's overloading. Yeah, a bit too much. Um, and yeah, but it's fine, but it doesn't feel like a mobile game. It just feels like it's one that's been ported for it and it's it's full of these like, you know, you're always getting something to boost you up. Ninety nine P for a new card. You know, you finish a race and you finish a run, whether you succeed or fail, you get like, you know, something that's gonna boost you later on, like you might unlock a new class or a second you have like a hero for your team. Okay. So like you pick the main demons, you start off with like a warrior demon guy, then you unlock a queen demon woman. Um, so you're always unlocking something to help sort of not necessarily make the next runs easier but to add variety to it and give you different tactics you can utilise and stuff yeah it's decent enough I don't think I, I can't stick with this like I can Slay the Spire I can play like two or three runs and then I'll get bored where Slay the Spire I could sit all day and play that yeah I've seen you do it yeah <laughs> I've literally come in and out and it looks like you're on the same level <clears throat> the monster's changed yeah because you like yeah I, I play Slay the Spire and I can play a lot I need to buy that on Xbox just in case they ever take it off Game Pass. I was thinking about getting it for you for Switch because I saw a copy going, but they always start sell over. really quick. I'd have to start over. That'd be irritating. Can you not transfer the safe file? Between nah, Switch probably not. Mm. Probably not. Doubt it. But Monster Monster Train's all right. It's decent enough. It's a fun thing. It's on Game Pass and you know you can play it on PC and your saves will transfer between the PC and Xbox version. So, I mean, Paul's been doing that. He's been playing it on both. So all he'll right. sit and play it on his laptop and then switch to the Xbox when he's playing later. Something. And it's relatively easier to get through, I found, than um, Slay the Spire. I definitely, I mean, I finished a run. I got my first win on it in like my fifth, sixth run. Yeah. Which, like, Slay the Spire took me like weeks to get my first complete run, and I still haven't managed to beat the heart thing, the actual final, the actual final boss on that game. Mm. Um, but Monster Monster Train has like whenever you finish it, it does a similar thing where you can modify it to make the game slightly harder. And that'll give you extra sort of bonuses and stuff. Um, but no, it's decent enough. Uh, you know, something you can pass the time with. You can play it. Yeah. Put in your eyeballs. I don't know. It's got demons. You're not little fish people. I like quite like the fish people. They're quite fun. Um, you know, and diff- there's generally, you can mix it up a lot. There's a lot of variety in how you can play it. And there is like a, a thing that tallies what factions you won with and it yeah. has like all the different combinations you can possibly do so there is like a goal to try and complete with every faction combination oh, right is it a bit like a rock paper scissors style system there'll be like one faction's weaker to another but they're weaker no your factions work together but you're always fighting the angels but they'll complement them in different ways like the oh, plant-based yeah. ones have lots of healing abilities yeah whereas like the um some of them might be something like they're more about Sniping stuff. stuff or building yeah. up defences and things, so it's, so it's how they bit, work together. It's almost like um Darkest Dungeon. Sort of. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't play Darkest Dungeon. I've got Darkest Dungeon. I still played it. How have you not played Darkest Dungeon? <sighs> I can't get angry about this because I I've played it enough for everyone. I think. Yeah, exactly. They told me I can't play anymore. You've used up all the playtime. <laughs> that was the first game I played yeah. when I get my PS5. So I finally, like, get Darkest Dungeon downloaded again. Get the PS5 enhanced <coughs> version. Yeah, yeah, with 4K yeah. sprites. They're probably all 4K yeah. already. Yeah. It probably runs in 4K on the fucking Switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's decent. Monster, monster train. It's pretty cool. 
It's fun. It is. It's Snowpiercer with demons. You know, the Snowpiercer of the film, not the TV series, because no one watches hey, TV look series. Hey, now. Let's uh, let's let's be let's be real. Poverty is its own demon. Mm. Yeah, the caste system is its own demon. But yeah. I think the idea is you're meant to be trying to reignite the flames of hell, which is a good noble cause. Relight the fire. Your love's my only desire. That's not what Take That was singing about. Relight the fire. Of hell. Yeah, it is. That's the, that's the lyrics. That's yeah, the literal lyrics. Yeah. That's what um, Jason Orange and Marco in were. <laughs> Which one of them's a Q supporter now? I don't know. Want to take that? It's like gone off the deep end. Oh, I know it'll that, be Jason Orange. Do you remember, do you remember five? You know, five yeah. will make you get down. Now, one of them's a Q and on oh, person God. as well. And also... Um, you wouldn't who, get that from H from Steps, would you? Who? <laughs> well, no, no. No, he's... Um, who's saying stay another day? Stay now, stay now, oh baby. That's boys' own, wasn't it? No. Don't think I can take the pain. No, wait, no, that was that was boys' own. That was East Seventeen. East Seventeen. Yeah. The weird little bald chap from there. Oh, yeah, no one ever. He's definitely. a fucking nut. The joke. one who ran himself over when he was eating a baked potato once. Yeah, and he also stood outside of Parliament with a with a fucking file of facts filled with what he thought was evidence of grooming gangs. I've got it. A paper copy. I haven't emailed myself any of this. Mm. No one splashed me. This is integral evidence. All written on that really shit Poundland A4 paper. He had one of those fun faxes. Fun faxes. No, do you remember fun faxes? No. The little ones that look like secret agent booklets for kids. Oh, yes, I do. I was always too poor to have one. Yeah, everyone had one of them. They came through magazines all the time. I did not have one. Yeah. You review the... um... My first thing. Yeah. My first thing is quite possible... No. Okay, it's one of the newer things that I'm going to review this week, but I watched Under the Wire with Anthony Mackie. You know? Oh, Falcon. Falcon, Falcon. yeah, I've seen him in films. Well, you... Where he plays the Falcon. So I watched Under the Wire, which, from the looks of all the trailers and stuff, was a was a film about a guy who... Essentially like a Robocop type. He had fallen in, in battle, and so the US Army had put his brain into a robot body, and he was out there trying to fight a small incursion in Ukraine. All right. So far, so basic, right? It turns out that someone within the um, within the warring parties of Ukraine has a nuclear bomb that's very, very powerful, and they're going to set it off uh, and uh, and end the war, but at the same time, kill loads of civilians. So Anthony Mackie sent in with this drone pilot who is uh, who is who is being punished for killing two soldiers. Turns out that. But- he killed two soldiers with a with a drone. Oh. He saw that the oncoming people in like this truck had launchers, which would have wiped out the rest of the platoon. So he fired a missile. It took out two American troops who were injured in the front, but it saved everyone else. And so he's being punished because he disobeyed a direct order to wait and hold hold while they try and save the two two soldiers. Um, and they're like, nope. You gotta go and hang out with Anthony Mackie, and Anthony Mackie's like, "I took my top off and I'm glowing," and he's like, oh. and then he's like, "I'm a robot, bitch," and then he he's uh, like the cartoon cops. What the cartoon? There's a cartoon called Cops because it was it was basically a whole bunch of cyborg cops. One of them, they like almost all die and they get superpowers. Oh, yeah, is Robocop one of them? No, but Cops was like. Um, Propaganda. Like it was them trying to do Robocop without the Robocop license. Oh, right. It was Copaganda. Yeah, one of the villains was called Miss, <laughs> called um, Misdemeanor. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Her name was Misdemeanor. You know really what? Really clever. Right. Considering that Misdemeanor isn't an arrestable offence, hmm. 
They couldn't ever catch her. That's a brilliant name. That's a brilliant way of doing things. So anyway, so under the wire, like, here's the problem. In every one of the trailers, I was like, oh, Anthony Mackie's like this charismatic, like, um, android dude who's, who's, or, is it android or cyborg? It's cyborg, isn't it? When you have uh, human parts and like yeah, you have, like, android is entirely artificial. Android is entirely. He's a sentient robot. So I thought he was a cyborg. I thought like he's a charming guy. And all through the film, he's like talking. He's like, I was told to talk like you. I don't know what that voice is. Um, but he basically just he tries to tries to talk like someone who experienced life and has been alive for forty four years. I think that's how old Anthony Mac- Anthony Mackie is. He's not that old. Uh, he surely, is. Yeah, he's like forty five. Yeah. 44, 45. Really? Um, yeah, he's been around for years, man. He was really? he was in Training Day. Really? I'm pretty sure he was in Training Day. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, so it's really fucking weird because they they give him all this personality and all this, and they're like, oh no, he is totally AI. He is an android, but they've given him the ability to learn and empathize and have empathy for other people and 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 robots and machines, everything. Basically, he is. He is a constant nerve and hive of all these intellectual ideas. And eventually, he's like, we've got to go and kill this guy because it's not a nuke that he has. He actually has launch codes to launch all of these nukes and wipe out fucking everything. Oh, one nuke's not enough nowadays in films. No, no. It's, it's got to be all of them. It used to be one nook or one snooky. was all you needed to carry a series for seven years. Um, but yeah, so Anthony Mackie's like this charming dude and the guy he's with is like pretty good. He's He's basically just like... Someone who did basic training and that's it. And then he went on to be a drone pilot. That's kind of all he did. So he's he's like the human side of things. They have these philosophical arguments, like especially around the idea of AI intelligence, being able to kill people and being able to do all this stuff. It's like, you... you I like the Robocop remake. Yeah. Um, and and they they have these conversations and then it just sums up to, like, he is actually an, he's, he's actually an android. There is nothing human about him. Like, they decided to make him look like Anthony Mackie because apparently... If they made him look like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, most people wouldn't trust him. But if they made him look like Anthony Mackie, then a bunch of racists wouldn't trust him? Like, that's not the reason they give, but, like, they kind of try and say, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like, blonde-haired, blonde blue-eyed guy would be instantly, like, people would have distrust of him, or he'd be yeah, like... they trust him like crazy. <laughs> But like, but by going completely in the other direction of having like a black dude who's six foot tall, quite muscular, very handsome guy, Anthony Mackie, good looking guy. Um, like he's not gonna kiss you. He might. You never know. He might meet me and be like, "Thank you, your kind words move me." Now suck my dick. Um, and I'll be like, "Okay, all right, Anthony Mackie. This is gonna be a story to tell at least." <laughs> so Matt, why do you keep telling us a story about how you suck, Anthony? Is this is this is this how you come out to him? And I'll be like. No, I'm not, I'm not gay. He just tells him to suck his dick and he's a superstar. Why not? Um, but anyway, like, it's a weird film because all of that happens and then it turns out that he just wants to destroy all of the things that made him. Mm. He just, like, goes like, oh, I just want to blow up the fucking place that made me because I don't like being me. They'll never perfect this technology enough that I'll be happy with me. So I want to kill them before they make more of me because I shouldn't exist. And I was just like... You know what? You could have made your shit Robocop movie if you just made him an ex-soldier who got killed and, like, they put his brain in a machine. Like, and all you could do, all, you could just do it so there's none of that twist at the end. He doesn't need to be suddenly like, I'm going to blow up the robot factory that made me. You just have to be like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to end what you've done, and I'm going to stop these people from being persecuted by this. Is that a this- plot of Gemini Man? No, Gemini Man, he's like, they're cloning me. And then he's like, oh, I'm young again. And he's like, yeah, but you're allergic to bees. And then he's like, I'm going to shoot you, Clive Owen. And then oh. Clive Owen's like, 
can you shoot yourself? And he's like, I already shot myself. There's that kid over there. I was shooting him for hours. I'd probably have no compunctions about shooting a clone of myself. No, I definitely wouldn't have any issues with shooting no. a clone of myself. I'd try to fuck it first. It's a slight against God anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's only masturbation if you fuck yourself. So I could get a blowy, I could fuck myself in the bum, see what that's like. Mm. I don't want to be fucked in the bum. My ass is a horrible place. <gasps> I've just realised my own downfall is I want to try and have sex with myself, but I know how bad my bum... Wait, how old is the clone? Four. No, but I mean, like, how many... like. Has it had the chance to shit yet? It's still got to have its first shit. It's still got to have its first shit? Yeah, really nasty. So that's packed up in there. You know, the really nasty, oily, black one that babies do. I'll probably still give it a go, you know. It's it. It's not... So you want to bang a baby? It's not a baby. It's me. It's me size, me in terms of development. A baby the size of you? <laughs> That'd be terrifying. I'd definitely kill that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want an Akira. <laughs> Go get rid of that shit before it goes. Um, anyway, you're under the wire. Like, it's dog shit. It's not very good. It's real boring. Like, it's, it doesn't really have any action scenes that are interesting enough to recommend it. And also, it, it doesn't really do enough with the premise or really nail the premise in the first place. There are some interesting characters in there that pop up. Like, they go to a, um orphanage where the woman who's running the orphanage is, like, an English lady who... <sighs> who is basically just selling weapons that are retrieved by the army. So they keep, like, dropping off, like, weapons, like, armaments. Like, they claim the armaments from areas where they've, like... The armaments. Arm- armaments? Armaments, yeah. From the area that, like, has been swept through with the US troops. And they're selling them back to the militia. So they're basically using Ukraine's... Not Ukraine's, Russia's weapons against them to fight Isn't for Ukraine. Isn't Ukraine part of Russia now? No. What is going it, on with that? I don't I have know. No man. idea. Yeah, it's all too complicated. Isn't like, do you remember there was that Ukrainian um, Secretary of Defense lady who everyone was like obsessed with because she was quite tasty and cute? Yeah, didn't it turn out that she had like really embezzled all the money? And no, she, no, like, I think she's fine. I think she's just like she doesn't actually have a nationality though. Oh, I think some weird stuff's gone on with her, and she lied about being married. Huh? She was told to say that she's married so she wouldn't get perverts coming after her. Oh. Yeah, makes sense. Like that. Considering the reaction to her at the time of taking office, and everyone was just sense. like, "Oh, check out this yeah. cute!" And then people started drawing anime versions of. Oh her God, and... no, not Lolly again. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like uh, Under the Wire, it's uh, it's not good. It's not good. I feel like um, Anthony Mackie is charming and interesting as an actor, and he brings that to this role. But you just end up questioning, why did they make a robot charming and interesting? Like he is. Well, Robocop's charming. <laughs> Data's charming Data is not charming Data is super charming But like It's just one of those weird questions Because he is He is just a weapon And he has like these He has like these goals But to accomplish them He doesn't need to be charming He's nigh on indestructible Like he They say We've made it so he can feel pain Because that makes it easier for him To feel empathy But they're sending him into a war zone To kill people So he feels really bad for them None of it makes any fucking sense I give it I give it this I give this uh, Rob Schneider it's not, like, total shit. Because, again, Anthony Mackie's in it. It's, you know, there are some interesting characters, but the whole film just falls apart. Yeah. What a shame. You're it was a good film. What? The remake of Robocop. No. It's actually good. No. Yes. No. Yes, watch it back. No, it's I don't want to waste my life. It's a good film. It's better than Total Recall remake. Well, anything's better than Total Recall remake. <laughs> Having Pink Eye is better than Total Recall remake. Scott Bale gave me Pink Eye. What? <laughs> 
What was the what was I thinking of the other day where it's like we fired on each other's pillows and now we've all got pink eye? What is that from? It's like he fired on my pillow. Oh, it's a um, forty year old virgin, isn't it? It's like we thought it'd be funny to bear ass fart on on thingy's pillow. It's like yeah, and then I found out that they bear ass fired on my pillows. I fired on their pillows. It's like and now we've all got pink eye because <laughs> it turns out you fart on someone's pillow with your trousers down, <laughs> you get bacteria in your eye and you'll get pink. So he wants the door squinting. Is that is just like oh, get away from me? Do you not remember that? No. Have you ever watched a four-year-old version? Like once. I think it actually might be Knocked Up that happens in, which is Maybe. a better film. Yeah. Do you know what's a really good film? And I and I I tried to show T the other day, and they were just like, mm, I don't I don't really see the appeal. A pop star never stop never stopping. It's a fantastic film. You've seen that, haven't you? Yeah. How have you not seen that film? I just don't watch American comedy films. <sighs> mostly all terrible. It's um. It's not. It's really good. American comedy films are just like, whoa, did you see that? No, Bill Hader. Bill Hader says, yeah, I like it. Oh, man. Can't believe you did that. No, Bill Hader. Bill Hader says, oh, yeah, I'm the tech guy. Um, Pretty boring, really. I've got... Really love guitars. I love the instruments, the music. Yeah, and I, and I like no, the backstage stuff. And then on the weekends, you know, every so often I like to try and fit in a session of um, of um, flatlining. Yeah. <laughs> him getting sat by doctors and they're like okay that's one minute 15 bring it back and he goes oh oh god guys how long was that for it's like a minute 15 he's like wow did I shit myself and they were like no not this time and he went wow yeah <laughs> like that it's like yeah ever since that uh, what was the what was the name of the guy who directed that Flatliners yeah was it um the remake or the original no the original wasn't it Schumacher no the original's um fucking yeah, what's his name? Yeah, it's Joel Schumacher, isn't it? Yeah, and it's uh, it's filmed by Jan de Bomf. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he says, yeah. You know, Flatliners, a movie from 1994, filmed by Jan de Bomf. That's like 1986. Is it 1986? It was the young Rat Pack. It was Demi Moore, Keith Sutherland, all that lot. It was like the, the new Rat Pack. It was Jeffrey Jones in The Brat right? Pack, as they called him. Were well, you thinking of the remake with Ellen Page? Oh, it's 1990 Flatliners. We're yeah. both, we were both off by several years. Well, that was closer. No, you weren't. I you were six years off. Said you said 84. 88. No, I said 94. I said 99. <sighs> All right, you're Same year as Gleam in the Cube. Your review, mate. Right. Um, shall I review a thing? Yes. What? Yes. Okay. I finished watching a Super Sentai weeks ago, but couldn't review it last time because you were all like, let's do the best of the year. No, that's what I said, let's do the end of year podcast. And you said, I would love to. It's my favourite thing. I'm so happy you asked. I've been quite sad lately. And I was like, why have you been sad? And you wouldn't tell me. Because I couldn't review Cheriki Sentai <laughs> O-Ranger. <laughs> oh, I fucking, I'm a fool for thinking it was anything else. Hmm. Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger, the 1995 Super Sentai, was it 96? Yeah. Whatever. It's set in 1999. They mention that once, it's never brought up again, and there's a continuity error when you get to the next season of Super Sentai, because that's not set in 1999, but they cross over with them. We're not going to question that, but it does mark the one year in the history of all of Super Sentai, where I guess in 1995, Japan never got attacked by giant monsters. It's the one year it didn't happen. We, me, me and some other guys were trying to figure out if there was ever a year in Japanese history since Super Sentai started that the entire country wasn't under threat of giant monsters and um, evil aliens invading. And because of that series being set in 1999, 
1995 is the one year that Japan had peace in the oh. world of Super Sentai. Isn't that worrying? 45 years of, no. <laughs> of absolute terror they've had. Anyway, so the show starts off. Big old machine empire is invading. Baranoia. It's quite a cool name for them. I quite like that saying because you know it sounds like paranoia, doesn't I it? I think they're after me, yeah. But um, but they're they're coming to Earth. They're going to take it over. They're going to enslave the human race. They've enslaved loads of races around the galaxy because there seems to be about fifteen alien races who have enslaved the galaxy in Super Sentai. They, I think, a lot of them are confused about what the galaxy is. I think this is a major thing. I think they've all come from different sides. Oh, so they didn't do like space job. I don't think they actually have. It, it taken over most of the galaxy. I think they've really just overestimated how much of the galaxy they conquered. I think they're just lying. They just turned up. They're like, we've taken up so much of the galaxy. They're hyping themselves up. They got a hype yeah. man, isn't it? <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, Ghostface Killers in the front, just like, Whoa! yeah. But um, so they're invading, and the first nine episodes, you're like, wow, this is kind of dark. It's a bit serious. There's always like big stakes going on. There's an unrelenting war. Baranoia just like trashing streets and stuff. And then in Japan. In 1995, there was a sarin gas attack on a subway train, and loads of people died. This guy unleashed a whole bunch of nerve gas, killed a bunch of people. There was also some incidents where um, some guys were ploughing trucks into crowds and stuff, and there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. So the makers of Super Sentai were like, right, we should probably stop the kids being petrified of everything right now, because things are a bit crazy in Japan. So all of a sudden, after about episode eight or nine, the show takes a hard swerve into wackydom, and it goes so wacky, and I love it. Um, what sort of what sort of wacky are we talking here? Like giant pancake hands? Suddenly, the really stern, angry um, member of the team, the girl um, Yuri, yeah. is suddenly always wearing pigtails and talking about how beautiful she is, which is nothing that's come before. It sounds like it's just started being written by white men. Yeah, well... <laughs> but you start getting the more... Like, before this, it was all like, the monsters are turning up, and their plan is to, like... Like, one of them turns uh, reg this kid's father, who's a security guard, into a robot, and it's like Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Oh, really? Like, it literally re- rips out from inside him and turns him into a monster. That's fucking a awesome. A robot monster. And then after that, it's like, oh, I'm a cute little funny monster who just wants to eat everything. Gobble, gobble, gobble. I'm eating all your food and all this sort of stuff. You know, mm. it goes into that territory, which it didn't do before. And there's a few episodes where if you were to take the humour out, the plot would be probably quite terrifying but clearly they were having to scramble to make it more kid sort of focused for younger kids and make it more fun for the younger kids. So the plot stayed the same, but they just put wacky music in the background and some skits and some crazy zaniness. I hate it when they try and bow to kids. It's you know, make it dark. So for a few episodes, it is absolutely mental. They completely forget to mention that the A and Baranoia are invading Earth or stuff. It's just like, they're just monsters who happen to be around, robot monsters. They're just having some fun. Zany wacky adventures. There's quite a funny one where there's a bomb in a baby carriage. That's quite fun. Um, <laughs> every now and again, it'll just you'll just be reminded that these episodes probably weren't written to be funny at first. When you look at what's actually, are you happening. sure they didn't go bombs? It's just these babies. Yeah. comedy show. It's just there's these few episodes where you're like, they clearly had this episode written already. Um, the show then veers back and forth between being incredibly silly and really, really serious. And it has no in-between. It is just one or the other. And it does this for the rest of the series. You'll get like a couple of episodes in a row where it's fun. And then suddenly it's like, there's a world-ending event happening and everyone's going to die. And it's like, okay. Um, You get a sick Ranger eventually. Do you remember in Power Rangers Zeo? That's the series that was based on this. They had the black and gold... We had the Gold Ranger. They called him the Gold Ranger, but he's... Was Zeo the one where they had like a star, a triangle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and in that one, it was like a big deal. And there was like, oh, who's this thing? And there's an alien called Trey of Triforia. It's actually three aliens that live in one body that can combine to one body. So they need someone strong who can take the power and they get Jason. And he becomes a big deal in the series. In this, it's a kid called Ricky who's like six million years old. And his entire thing is he wants to protect his sister. Yeah. Um, it's just like young girl. She's got a weird little rubber pet thing that can barely move. And sometimes you see it look like it's been pulled on a piece of string along the floor. It's brilliant. Um, but Ricky turns up, has a really good introductory two-parter episode. It's really cool. He comes across as like, oh, this guy's going to be some heroic, badass hero guy. He's like, he's younger. He's like 15, 16. Yeah. But not too young to be irritating. Like, he's just younger. Um, and then he just sort of turns up every now and again when he feels like it. What kind of ranger is he? He's Black Ranger in this. He's Gold in Power Rangers, his no, equivalent. Okay. Because um, he has the gold shoulder pads and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But basically, he says, I'm not going to join your team, but if the Earth's under threat, I'll help. But then he just sort of, like, he won't be in an episode at all. And then, like, 15 minutes into it, he jumps in, already transformed, fights the monsters for a minute and helps them out, and then and disappears. Then yeah. yeah, and it's just... See ya. And it goes like that for the rest of the series. I don't blame him. Like, he just turns up every now and again. There's, like, maybe two or three episodes that are actually focused on him and his sister. He doesn't get After paid that, to be in the Power Rangers, does he? He's the shittest sick ranger there is because yeah, he just he never turns up to help out. He's not getting a paycheck, so... He should help out. Um, one thing I didn't realise until halfway through the series was that the commander of the team mm-hmm. is played by Hiroshi Yamauchi, who played um, Kaiketsu Zubat, the greatest hero who ever existed. You mean Commander Queef? Yeah, uh, Kaiketsu Zubat's amazing. I reviewed Zubat a few weeks back. He's the guy who's always like, uh, you know, he'll come across some crazy dude who can throw like needles really well and he's like shame you're only the second best needle thrower in Japan and then he's the best yeah he's the best and there's there's a crossover movie with Kaku Ranger and they end up in a wild west town and some villains are doing bad shit and then you hear a guitar playing and it's Hiroshi Yamauchi dressed up in with his hat on like the hat from Zuba it looks like the exact same one yeah and he's like playing his guitar and he does some badass shit and gunslings all around the place oh, I thought you were going to say he then falls down a cliff and it's an easily it's a rubber distinguishable doll. rubber doll yeah. no no there is some rubber doll action in this oh, of course there is a little bit they sort of went off that after a while in Super Sentai I think they should bring it back rubber dolls being thrown off cliffs are never not good yeah it's all, especially when they catch a bit of wind and blow off in a direction oh when like That's the, the arm comes off and they, they like they like you can see it flopping around in the hoodie or whatever they've got it in and they're like nah good enough keep yeah. it keep that shot in but um, no, O-Ranger overall, I really enjoy it. Like, the fi- loads of people hate this series. Mm. And I think it's those people who always expect shows and films to be, you know, tonally consistent. Like, films shouldn't be. Fuck that nonsense. You expect something like that. You've got to have different tones in a film, otherwise you don't, don't have You've texture. You've got to paint yourself or... a tone poem. But um, the thing is, is that when it's really silly, it's still really good silly. It's yeah. fun and nonsense. And when it's really serious, it's good dramatic serious stuff. It's just that it's never anything in between. It's never one or the other. There's always this clashing feeling going on with it. But it's still good stuff. It's fun stuff. And, you know, they they punch some robots. There's, like, one of the mechas has, like, big punchy fist action. One of the best moments is the mechas have both been damaged recently. And so they need to work their kinks out and, like, you know, get back into action. Yeah. So they have an aerobics session. Where the two girl rangers are on a cliff mm. doing the aerobics, and the guy, the rest of the team are trying to control the robots to match the aerobics. Oh right, okay, it's amazing. And the episode, like you got the title screen where the screenshot pauses and the title, the name episode comes up, yeah. 
and they quite clearly paused on the moment one of the robots fell over. <laughs> one of the guys just went, oh, shit. <laughs> just like, How heavy do you reckon those suits are? Um, they're probably fairly light because they are like just basically cardboard with like rubber. I thought they were car- yeah, latex. Yeah, there's all sorts of rubber lapped around like did you know that the... Basic shapes and stuff, in it? You know Fantastic Four from, like, 2004? Mm. You know Michael Chiklis wears that suit and stuff in it? Yeah, yeah. That was £60 pounds of yeah. weight. Like... Yeah, but for Michael Chiklis, that's, like, nothing. A five. He shat out £60 pounds of weight. Yeah, true. Michael Chiklis is just... Do you know he demanded that they have a suit and not a CGI thing? Yeah. Because he used to be a fan of Fantastic Four. I don't blame him. It's a good idea. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I know there's parts in that film where you can see the creases in the rubber. Yeah. But, um. He's still the best thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> he is genuinely the best thing about those films. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. You were talking about Super Sentai, um, yeah. Yeah. But O-Ranger, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It's, you know, it veers wildly all over the place. Like, Five Man did that as well, but Five Man had, like, all sorts of tones and it would move between them. It's just that you would never know where you're going to go with that show and it would veer wildly in crazy mm. directions, but. This one is literally like either or it is either ridiculous or it is either dead is serious. Is Five Man the one with a fucking incredible video game on the Neo Geo? No, there isn't any Sentai Neo Geo games. I think Five Man might have a game on the no, Neo Geo. No, no it isn't. Okay. No, the only Super Sentais with games are um, Jetman, G Ranger, Car Ranger, and there's a couple of really late ones where they're just like like there's a there's a Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger game for children. There's not many. Wild Force has a game, not Wild Force, Gower Ranger, which never got ported over here. But, um, no, Five Man. Five Man didn't have a game. But, um, no, O-Ranger. It's, it's, that's decent stuff. It's a bit of history. It's a bit of strange Super Sentai history where things wobbled for a little bit because they were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? We've done a really depressing series mm. and kids are upset, so we have to swerve the other way. The next Super Sentai Isn't series... It? The next Super Sentai series is going super cartoony for kids because I think they're like kids have been locked in from COVID for the past year and you know all this sort of stuff and their grands have probably died in, well not so much in Japan because they're not having as much trouble there as we're having but um still we, bad in Japan it's not great over there because they're in a state of emergency now doing infinitely worse but the next Super Sentai series is like full on cartoony silliness mm. like and they've they're, they're definitely taking COVID precautions like the team are all robots apart from the lead actor. So there's one lead actor who's going to have to carry the whole show <laughs> against a bunch of guys in rubber monster costumes because they can be all COVID safed up yeah. in the robot costume. Well, I guess also the stunt performers can in the costumes yeah. as well. Jesus. Um, but there's a granny in it as well, which is a bit... Don't have the granny on the set. Mm, it's a bit strange. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're not filming Picard right now because Patrick Stewart's too old to be <laughs> at risk. What was it that they did start filming recently that I saw a thing for? It was no, a sequel to something. No idea. They shouldn't be filming anything. No, they are though, and it was something that was actually pretty good. The first one. I don't know. No one can no, hear you. I can't. I can't fucking remember anyway. No, it's redundant. Anyway, oh Ranger. It's all right. Yeah, I liked it. It's fun. All right. I like the one where the um, bomber, the great, kills a fucking child, and then the mother robot carries the child's head around on the moon, and then she finds her f- husband's head because he got killed, and he's like wired up to a machine. And he uses what's remains of his power to power up his child's brain because his child's brain's still active. He's not fully dead yet. It's a robot, but it's still a severed head of a child. Oh, right. So it's a robot child. Yeah. I, thought, I was imagining a woman walking around with two coconuts with like latex faces on them. No, no, no. It's a robot child. But then it like gets turned into an adult thing. But I still thought it was kind of nuts. <laughs> hmm. A child gets decapitated. <laughs> a robot child, but it's still a child. 
I mean, who killed the child? Um, bomb of the Great. He looks like a bomb. Oh, he's just literally just a guy. So it wasn't like Matt or anything. No, no. no he he heard the king had died, so he thought he was going to take over, and then when they power up the kid, he just kills Bomb the Great. <laughs> I do not. Yeah. Him. Anyway, your review. All right, uh, my review is going to be something a little bit interesting. Uh, no, I'm going to review a Max Landis film. But it was a Max Landis film ten years ago, and now it's not a Max Landis film. It's been rewritten so many times it's no longer anything to do with him. Although it does still feel a bit like a Max Landis film. So I watched the film Shadow in the Clouds, starring Chloe Moretz Smith. Uh, it's Is this it, one of the films Max Landis always claimed that could be his Star Wars? Probably, probably. Um, it's a really simple concept. Like This woman um, arrives on an airfield after being given orders to fly over a, a troop that are doing a run over Europe during World War Two, or over part of Europe during World War Two. Um, and the, she is warned that it's a very perilous journey and there's potentially going to be some sort of, some sort of, um, conflict. And so she better brace herself for that. Mm. Um, so she gets in the ship and things start going a little bit wrong. Firstly, they don't have a seat for her. So she, she's forced to sit in the gunner ship at the bottom of the plane, which is like that little, like, circular. Oh, sweet. I want to sit yeah. there. It's pretty cool. Um, but she gets in there and, and she starts noticing, like, the handles break and, like, there's a screw that, comes out of one of the hatches on the side, so that side starts pull, falling open. And and she's seen enemy troops below, but also she's seen something on the wing of the plane. See where I'm going with this? Uh. It turns out there's a fucking gremlin on the plane. Oh, God. And she has to fight it. It's the Twilight Zone episode. And Basically. The movie. Yeah. It's, William Shatner in the Twilight Zone yeah, series and William John Lithgow Shatner, in the yeah, movie. Then, yeah. So so um, So it's an hour and a half. It's not... A breezy hour and a half. There are a lot of things that feel a bit stale. Chloe Moretz Smith does a really okay-ish English accent for the first 15 minutes, but then she drops that and reveals that she's not English, she's American, and she's not going to drop off some sort of secret device. It turns out that, spoilers, she has a baby in the package she's carrying with her. It's like a, it's got like a little oxygen tank and it's like a thing. I like um, in Ultraviolet. No, I was going to say like in uh, in uh, Quiet Place, but yeah, Ultraviolet as well. Yeah, we got the suitcase yeah, pocket with the kid universe. Yeah, um, but that yeah, was fucking awful. So it turns out that it turns out that she um, she is sleeping with one of the ends, one of the people on board the plane, and it's all been sort of planned so that she can she can basically just leave before something bad happens on the base or before they're discovered for having fraternized. <gasps> um, and yeah, and then she ends up fighting this fucking gremlin monster on the Do on you the think- train. On the plane, Did sorry. Max Landis write this for Chloe Grace Morris when she was like... Seven. Ten years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> he would. He would, yeah. He's a fucking creep. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually not that bad a film. Chloe Grace Moretz carries it well. And it is... It reminds me of... I I really miss the days when, when you could pick up a film. It's mostly... This mostly happened around the 80s and 90s. But you could go to a blockbuster and you could see films that clearly ranged in in budget and they would be right next to each other on those shelves so like you'd have the blockbuster you remember they'd have the release this week and then the top would be one film and you'd have like a a faux chart where they basically like shift as many copies of this this week and you'd have like the weird little like werewolf versus python on the bottom and stuff like that we just had um, a news agents up the road that was a well it was basically like a mini supermarket but they had a video rental bit in it oh that's that's what we used to go that's awesome. Um, yeah, I used to rent um, everything from there yeah. back in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, I miss miss being able to rent films. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so um, it feels like a mid tier film when you don't really get those. You usually get like indie films that are made for like two to five mil, 
and it suddenly flies up to the 100 mil blockbuster fucking madness that we're getting every week. And this feels more like one of those old 15 to 20 mil films where you've got some people that you recognise, but for the most part it's like unknowns. It's a small cast, but they've got like loads of special effects and they do give it a go. <coughs> Spoilers for the film. Like, I just want to fucking just get it out because I don't think anyone's going to watch this. It's died a death on VOD. It's not really charted anywhere. No one's really talking about it. Um, but there is... There's a... there At the end of the film, they basically... They fucking land the plane. There's a few people left that survive. And... Um, and she basically, she's like, she's like, oh, that was quite exciting. Or she has an American accent. Point, so she's like, that was quite exciting. Yeah, that's how Chloe Grace Moretz yeah. sounds. Um, and uh, famous for sounding like that. Suddenly, something drops down, and it's the goblin, the gremlin thing. And she just picks up a wrench. I forgot you mentioned there was a gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> she just picks up a wrench, and she just goes and wellies the shit out of it. She just fights a gremlin at the end, and so they survived a plane crash. And she just goes. Well, fuck it. And she just goes and beats this thing to death with a wrench. Yeah. And like, she yeah. done that when she was on the plane. <laughs> there was a, there's like a really interesting bit where the, where the thing is underneath the plane where they've got the bombing rig. Cause they've got like the, the hatch that opens at the bottom and then a ladder that goes across. And the, that thing's open. And there's this, there's this, um, Scottish guy that's fighting it. He's basically just like trying to defend both sides at the same time and eventually it drags him off. And then she sees that it's wrapped its tail. Like around, like one of the struts underneath, and it's basically just using its tail to whip it back and forth. And she immediately just well, like goes, Will Smith's kid. Oh yeah, yeah, no, like the guy doing press ups. No, you remember Men in Black where he says, "I see this guy's doing press. He's not. He's not attacking anyone. He's doing pull ups from a streetlight." Because <laughs> oh, I didn't attack him. And then I see little Susie here, and she's got those books that are way too advanced for her. And I'm like, that little girl's up to some such shoe. <laughs> I see this guy here. He looks like he's snarling. He's not snarling. He's got a tissue in his hand. He's sneezing. <laughs> Men in Black has a crack. It's so much better than people give it credit for. And Will Smith's real good in that. Well, <laughs> people like Men in Black. Men in Black 2, not. No. Men in Black 3's all right. Yeah, Men in Black 3's genuinely good. Yeah. Um, and it's got Luke Cage in it. Luke Cage. Yeah, he play um old oh, what's his face plays Will Smith's dad. Oh. Yeah. Michael Michael Coulter. Yeah. Um Yeah, but anyway, sorry, back to uh, back to being the class. Yeah, so she forth, sees she sees that it's like flinging backwards and forwards by the strut thing. And she immediately goes and just cuts its tail off. And then it drops. And then as it drops for a couple of seconds and then suddenly it just spreads its arms out and it's got wings. And I was like, that'd be cool if they're like Playing it out like this thing keeps evolving and keeps adapting, and then she has to battle in different ways. But no, they just crash the plane and then fuck it up with a wrench. And I kind of like the fact that she just fucks it up with a wrench. It was just, it was, you know, like when you get to the end of a script and you can either go, and it was all a dream, or you go, and then she fucked it up with a wrench. <laughs> they didn't answer complex questions about the potential of not knowing. Can he evolve to have a wrench of his own? He suddenly got a wrench. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> pockets um but yeah like it's it's all right like i said it's like a mid-tier film but i think that you should if anyone if anyone is interested in seeing this film i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend that you download it illegally so that max landis doesn't get any fucking money because that bloke's a cunt is his name still on the credits i think so as a writer oh but that man is a cunt He's a fucking rapist little cunt bag and he should be in fucking prison stupid cunt and your review no, that was funny, because you remember the gremlin on the wing thing? Yeah. From Twilight Zone. Yeah, where his dad killed two people. Yeah, yeah. Killed kids, didn't he? Yeah, two kids and um, Vic Morrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the it wasn't that, that one, though. It was a different story. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was the third one in the film. 
Oh. And they still released it. They could have just got someone else to film a new short. But no. No. Release it. Yeah, they made it. He had other films he had to make. Yeah. Last time I saw John Landis in something, he um doing something. He was a cameo in a film called... Uh, what was it? It's about a guy, a girl who falls asleep and murders people in her sleep. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It wasn't sleep good. Sleep murders. It wasn't. It wasn't good. But he has a cameo in it. It's like a carpet salesman or some shit. She falls asleep and murders people in her sleep. She falls asleep and it's like when she falls asleep, she gets taken over and like another entity takes over and she starts killing people. Ninja Four Five, five The Domination. No, no. It had a name like um. Parasomnia, that's what it's called. Parasomnia. Parasomnia. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good film. Anyway. Hey, Max Landis is only 35 years old. That's awfully young to be a fucking rapist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I give this film... Uh, I give this film... Uh, Max Landis. Yeah. I give this film a Brendan Fraser, because I think that everyone except for Max Landis involved actually tried. It's just a shame that he's a cunt. Your review, Ant? No. Um, what's our review? I don't know. Should I, should I do another toy review? Yeah, go for it. I got, because I'm special, I got Transformers Kingdom Cyclonus. This figure. Oh, yeah. Very good figure. Very good figure. Do I tell them now that you're just holding a butt plug or later? It's very painful butt plug. <laughs> um, it lights up. Kingdom's the new toy line for the Transformers. Yeah. Taken over from Earthrise. It's what the next series of the next fix show is about, going to be about. I would like to know how Cyclonus, who's a future Transformer... Mm. Is going to mix in with the Beast Wars Transformers because this the next range is like there's a couple of G1 holdovers who feel like characters they were meant for the previous range probably would have fit in really well in that previous range, but there's also characters from the 1986 movie done in really nice quality, and there's Beast Wars characters. There's like a whole bunch of stuff. It's just a wild west out here with this toy range, and Cyclonus is one of the movie ones, and you know in the movie he was one of Galvatron's. Like henchman, Unicron made him. Do you remember yeah. um, Orson Welles was Unicron? Yeah. Crazy thing. That's um, not crazy. He was old and he needed money. Yeah. But that's Orson Welles' last acting role was as Unicron. <laughs> who was? Who else has done that? Like weird last roles have been animated things. I don't know, man. People was just else. wasn't stuff. wasn't Marlon Brando a voice in something? Nah, no, it wasn't his Superman two. Yeah, he was Superman. He was he died not long. Well, he did Superman, didn't he? But yeah. Yeah, that was that wasn't his last thing. Though. No, no, because he did I Island of Doctor Moreau. Moreau yeah, yeah, which is awful. The um, documentary is really good about that. Though. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, this Cyclonus figure, I'm pretty much convinced this was actually meant to be for the Studio Series range, because Studio Series this year is about the 1986 Transformers movie. Yeah, and Studio Series figures are usually like slightly better than the similar priced ones on the street. So like. Like a deluxe figure in Transformers would be like 17 quid or something, but the Studio Series one will be about 25. And it's like a slightly more, like there's usually some slightly more complex bits going on on them. Yeah. Or they'll have accessories and stuff. And this Cyclonus doesn't really have accessories. He's got a gun. He's got the one gun, which is just like a regular little gun. I've given him a Target Master because Cyclonus was re-released as a Target Master originally, and I thought that would be good. What's a Target Master? It's a little robot that turns into oh, a okay, gun. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um... But this guy, just why I think he's like possibly meant to have been for the studio series, but they nudged him into Kingdom to pad out the range, Hmm. is because he has this ridiculous transformation feature where his entire nose cone folds up inside the body. Are you allowed to say nose cone on the radio? Yeah. Um, And that's like 
that's the sort of thing that you don't get on your regular like Transformers range. That is like a masterpiece figure thing when you can fold an entire section up inside it. Oh yeah, I remember you used one of my SD cards to do that earlier. Yeah. Um there's also the little function where the light piping on his chest there's a little bit of transparent orange on his stomach. Yeah. That lines up with his head when it's inside the chest. So you capacity. think it was meant to light up. And then when you've got the cockpit up, it'll light up it'll line up with that. So light will pass all the way through. You can shine a torch through and it'll shine through and light up the cockpit. So do you think that at some point it was meant to have a light in it? No, 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 no. Light piping's where you shine light through something and it lights up. Um loads of transformers have it. But this is all lined up so that the light can pass all the way through, which is mm. like these little tiny details that are a little bit beyond what you'd normally get on the figures. Yeah. This is a really fucking good figure. Mm. Like, this is top-notch. very happy about it. Yeah. See, what's the next one? If you don't mind me asking, what is what is the one you've next got your eye on when it comes to the Transformers? Um, and also, is this a midlife crisis? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, I've still got 30 quid on Amazon, haven't I? So... <laughs> Yeah, so that midlife crisis can take a backseat. <laughs> yeah, but they've got. Um, I might get. I, I kind of like the core figures they're bringing out. They're doing yeah. a new sort of size called Core. Yeah, which is like they're like three inch tall Transformer figures, really basic ones. Um, and they're doing Optimus Prime in that, and I think it'd be quite funny to have a tiny Optimus Prime. Hmm. Um, to go with my massive, great big Optimus Prime. Yeah. Um, but the Beast Wars one, Optimus Prime. I'm gonna have to get that. I don't buy many toys, but uh, have you seen that they've got the... Um, don't buy many toys. You've got friggin' 300 Funko Pops. Yeah, I keep giving them to people. They keep coming back to me. you got a box downstairs, two boxes downstairs, full of friggin' cut the rope Oh, yeah, I do. Things. I need to do yeah. some of those. Yeah, start, throw them I should, out. Should I start giving them away on Twitter? I told you to give them out to the kids at Halloween. Oh, yeah, but we can't give kids things that look like sweets. Yes, you can. No, you can't, because I'll fucking try and eat them, and then we'll get done for poisoning people. Don't... They know they're toys. Um, but no, this Cyclones figure is really fucking good. Yeah. I like it. He's got some weird knees where, like, he actually has a giant cavity where his knees go and the knees sort of just hover above it. They sort of line up in a way where they're not actually connected. Um, weird knees, but it does allow him some sick posage. Like, sick, sick knee bend, dude. Sweet. Um, Sweet ass. Bit of sideways elbow action. The kids like that. Is that how... Wait, sideways elbow action. Sideways elbow action. Oh, like a Christian handjob. Yeah, sure. But um, no, this is a really good... Because the original Cyclonus figure is dog shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of the movie figures from 1986 weren't good. No. Because um, you know, like the original cartoon, the figures, the characters in the cartoon were all based on the toys. Yeah. So they drew like really good versions of what the toys looked like. Mm. But when it came to the 1986 film, they let a guy called Floro Deary design the characters. I have no idea who that is. And then they tried to make toys based on the characters he designed. And his characters he designed, he took no concession for how to turn them into a toy. So they just went a bit mad. The toys were very all over the place. A mixed bag, let's just say. Oh. Um, but they're all kind of terrible. This year they're bringing out new nice versions that look like the movie figures. When you said nice, I thought you said I thought you meant nice for a second. No. But I'm, I kind of want all these 1986 movie figures because this will go perfectly with them. They're bringing out... Um, there's a hot rod coming out and a cup, a good cup. Um, but no, this is this is a really good figure. It feels super solid as well. Like there's no, it doesn't. There's no kibble. Like most of these figures have like shit loads of crap that hangs off the back of them that you're not meant to look at. There's no like open gaps in the legs. Like there's a little tiny bit of gappage in the back where the knee pieces fold into it, but it's practical. 
It's not like some of the figures where they just have a massive open hole in the side of their arm because they're trying to save plastic. Yeah. That's why I think this was meant to be for a studio series line, because it is, from every angle, it looks friggin' spot on. But um, that's good. If they want to keep putting premium figures in the regular toy lines, I'm all for that, because um, then I get more from money. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a Grimlock coming now, and it's 50 quid. Uh, I want it. It's got a crown. I have no idea what you're talking about. Grimlock's the T-Rex. Oh, the one from the film where he uh, where he says, uh, "I freed you. Now obey me." Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. from yeah, the from the, from the yeah from yeah. the from I've the Michael made you Bay free. Movie. Now obey me. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, not freedom, Optimus. That is not how freedom works, mate. There's still an Optimus Prime figure. Where you press a button. He says, "Give me your face," because <laughs> that's just what Optimus Prime is well known for saying that sort of thing. <laughs> and again, the sort of thing Optimus Prime is actually well known for saving is stuff like. Um, Look at this, a booby trap that actually catches boobies. That's a classic Optimus Prime line. What was the Arnie film where he says, I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it down your throat and choke you with it? Is that Commando, isn't it? Is it Commando? Yeah, when he's getting dragged onto the plane. Yeah. when he's Because you know he's getting dragged onto the plane with the other guy and then he kills him and he goes, yeah, please don't wake my friend. He's dead, he's dead tired. tired. Yeah. I love that film. You said you'd kill me last, Matrix. I lied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I let him go. <laughs> that film's fucking fantastic. It is. And there's the stuff of like um let off some steam Vernon Wells in it yeah. where um who's the guy Dan Hadea is like going I could go in there and I could uh you know make her talk or something and he's threatening to basically rape Alyssa Milano yeah, yeah. and Vernon Wells like you touch her hair on her head and I'll have your head. <laughs> Oh, but Vernon he's Wells. dead now, isn't he? What? Vernon Wells. No, no, he's still alive. Okay. Still going. Saw him a few years ago. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, he was Rancic empowering just Time Force. Again, just Fucking like you're speaking another language sometimes. It's a legend right. of Vernon Wells. Isn't my review? Yeah, sure. I'm done with Transformers Cyclonus. I'm going to play with it a bit, though. Yeah, I know. I assumed you would. Um, I did get myself a toy, Ant. Did uh, you? About a month ago, I bought myself an Xbox Series S. No, about you broke month, it, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I didn't break it. It broke. That's it wasn't me that did it. It just stopped working. Um, so I took a dip into the next generation, didn't I? Dip, dip, dive, so socialize. <sighs> what? Open up your ears and clear out your eyes. What? The Beast Boy song. Oh right, intergalactic planetary. No, planetary. it's body. It's not. It's um, body moving. It's not body moving. Oh. It's um, girls. It's alive. <laughs> Someone's called Alive. Oh, right. Um, so anyway, so I, I bought an Xbox Series S. I was expecting... So my plan was that I've got an Xbox One X that the Blu-ray drive is less than reliable. Um, it plays games fine, but for some reason it won't read films. And this seems to be a common problem among Xbox One Xs. It seems like a few people have had the issue that... Certain certain films just don't want to play. Not my one. Your one's been fine. A lot of people have said they've been fine, but then a lot of people have also reported issues. It's, I did have that weird issue when I first used it and nothing came up on the screen, but audio did. And I pressed a whole load of buttons to try and get the um, Blu-ray oh, to play yeah. and end up changing everything to Spanish, <laughs> which was great when I finally got it working. Well, it's good because you've been learning Spanish from your Power Rangers Megazord that I got you. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, so it's uh, so the Xbox Series S. So a lot of people haven't been looking at this as like a viable option for upgrade, but like... I basically wanted something that was more reliable than the One X. I've been a long time Xbox owner, so I loaded my games are digital, and it's stuff that like I was just looking forward to trying. Long time Xbox fanboy. Long, long time Xbox. You're fanboy. an Xbox. I got, I got my Xbox One Sex. 
Um, but yeah, like the um, the Series S, like loads of people were just dismissing it and saying like, no, it's not an upgrade. It's not this. It's not that. And I kind of knew what I was going in for. I was planning to go digital only through the Xbox Series S and then have the PS5, the full disc edition, and use that as my 4K Blu-ray player. Because that was the key thing, was getting a 4K Blu-ray player and moving away from the Xbox architecture when it came to disc drives and things like that. Because I've never, I've never had an Xbox that hasn't had like some sort of issue and some sort of weird little hit and miss there. Yeah, I don't have a working Xbox other than the Xbox One X. Yeah. My 360 broke the moment I put my Xbox One X I've had, I've had quite a few <laughs> 360s and, and so on and so forth. I had an original Xbox that died and it was a hard drive failure, which was apparently quite common on those ones. I lent my original Xbox to a friend and she doesn't know where it went. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Xbox Series S. It's pretty fucking incredible as a piece of kit. I mean, I wasn't expecting to be blown away by visuals or anything like that, but honestly, it's such a spectacular machine when it comes to actually playing stuff. Like, I played a good chunk of Gears 5 and Hive Busters on it, and I played A Call to the Sea, and I even went back and I played through lots of Dead Space 2 again. Did you play Halo Infinite? I did not, no, because it's not out yet. What? That was a launch title? No! Um, When's it coming out now? I have no idea. Uh, Maybe Microsoft. I had I had like a go on all of the Series X optimized stuff, so like Forza and things like that. I gave them all a go, and like the first thing that you notice is that everything just works immediately, which is kind of weird nowadays. Forza is a weird one because it doesn't run the same way it did on Xbox <coughs> One X. It runs like One S. It runs like the original Xbox One S, but with knobs on. Like oh. it's better than that. But like the Xbox One X, in some ways, actually got better frame rate because they've sort of they've bumped the graphics up further on Forza Horizon. Yeah, so it looks better than it did on Xbox One X, not at a higher resolution, but, but it has some of the extra effects. And it's got the, uh... But the frame rate sometimes doesn't match what the Xbox One oh. X did. It's oh. a weird thing. I think they'll probably tweak that though. Probably. Um, but I played through a load of games, and it, yeah, like I said, the quick resume thing is something I didn't expect to ever want to take advantage of but as soon as you see that and you're suddenly back in the game at the exact same point you left in there's yeah. something weirdly magical about that in fact you can unplug the console when and it, then do like, it yeah. it still works um, so yeah, so I played a load of stuff I, I can see this as the I think that this this thing's going to be about 150 quid in a year's time I think that you're going to be seeing them being sold for 150 pound once they obviously get stock sorted and everything else like that and you'll be able to pick one of these up for £150, and it is honestly such a fucking steal at that price. Because you, you've not only got that, like, if there's anybody out there looking for an Apple TV, because I know that Apple TV are releasing their own video game console version of the Apple TV, fuck that noise. Get an Xbox Series S, get a real games console, and get Game Pass. Do you remember Stadia? Yeah, I've got Stadia. Did I not tell you that I've, I've got Stadia Pro now? They gave me, like, four months for free. Yeah. Because I signed up initially, and I got the free month, and then they were like, we're going to give you another four months during lockdown. And I played one thing. I played Cthulhu Saves Christmas. And I was like, nah, I fucking hate Stadia. <laughs> it doesn't work well in the UK. It just mm. doesn't. Um, but anyway, so yeah. So um, yeah, really fucking surprising. But it's such a shame. There seems to be an issue with them. Again, like I say, everything worked normally. The last week that I had it, I was having an issue where the controller was just disconnecting. and wouldn't connect. Um, and I had to hard reset the console before I could get a Bluetooth connection again. And if you're playing with just a wire, you're fine. But, you know, brand new consoles, you don't want them to be breaking like that. So I sent it back, so I've no longer got an Xbox Series S. I'm back to the One X. Back to being unable to play any of my 4K Blu-rays. <laughs> Which is such a disappointment, because I've got to watch Batman vs Superman at least six more times. Or in 4K. Yeah, I've got it in 4K Blu-ray. I've had it in 4K Blu-ray since release. I actually got it a little bit early by getting the French version. Oh. That's right. 
I so have. much of a committed Zack Snyder fan <laughs> you are. I, no, I actually, I bought a multi-pack. It came with like five other films, and it came with Mad Max Fury Road, which was the one I really wanted. But it was just released. And Mad it was Max also, Fury Road in 4K HDR is gorgeous. Um, yeah, I also, I think I got the whole box set for like £45. It's like, yeah, it's quite a few films. Um, I still want a Speed Racer 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking racist on it. I love that. But anyway, yeah, the Xbox Series S, it's such a fucking really good console, but it just, that and the hard drive, I think the hard drive's going to be a limitation for a lot of people, but in all honesty, you can install most of your games onto an external hard drive because it's mostly older games now and anything that's optimised for Series X. Yeah, but it won't be in the future though, will it? Because, no. yeah. And as time goes on, like, I think that they, I think that the quick resume and all that other stuff, I think you can get away with just having a traditional SSD plugged in by USB 3. It should still operate at the same sort of speeds they're going for. The actual official expansion memory they've released is, like, stupid expensive. Yeah, it's £200. Yeah. You might as well just get a 1X for that sort of money. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if anyone's looking for, like, a little TV box or something, or even if you just want to get something later down the line, if you want to maybe get something that runs smoother and runs a bit better than the Xbox One X and One S do now, um, this is a fucking massive upgrade. It's really interesting how it all works. And uh, I saw someone open one up, and they don't have wires... The components just sort of slot together within the machine, so it's all like modular almost. Mm. And uh, yeah, it looks really interesting. It looks really cool. You can put in a different hard drive as well, so you could actually technically upgrade the M2 SSD that's in there. But it's just you know the cost. You need the same sort of SSD though, don't you? Which aren't super. No, they're about eighty quid. Yeah, they're about eighty quid, and they they have rewrite speeds anywhere between five hundred to two point four gigabytes per second. So five hundred meg, sorry, to two point four gigabytes per second. Um, yeah, I was really surprised. I really liked it. It's just a shame it's, it broke. You know, if it didn't, I probably would have kept it around and just got rid of the One X and then got the PS Five sorted. But you know, maybe maybe in a few years I'll change up to Series X when they're cheaper. You know, see how it goes. But um, for now, I'm just gonna focus on getting that PS Five sorted, which is a shame because my PS Four Pro I've put an SSD in there and the load times are actually pretty good. The only problem with it is that it's still... PS5s are like jet engines. They just fucking start going for it at some points. Like PS5, if you play, yeah, I've got a PS5. PS4 Pro. Yeah, you said PS5. Did I? Sorry, PS4 Pro is like a jet engine. Like even God of War, even if you're in something that's like not intensive in God of War, the whole time it's like... There's <laughs> nothing not intensive in God of War. That game's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's, that's one of those games where you want to play it on a PS5 because like... Apparently, yeah, they've got like a patch for it as well on the PS5. Yeah, it'll it'll actually well for one, it won't burn your house down when you play it. Yeah, but, um, no, God of War's great. It's just it's it's just a shame that the PS4 is such a loud console. And it's clearly like it's throttling, it's hitting heat, and it's gonna it's the components aren't gonna last if it keeps making that noise. It keeps trying to dissipate that much air from the fucking main board. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, my review of the Xbox Series S. Um, I was really impressed. Really fucking impressed. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a... Kick up the bottom. No, I'm going to give it a Meryl Streep. Oh, I was yeah. expecting a Helen Mirren, but yeah. Yeah, not as classy as Helen Mirren. No. 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 Well, she's in all sorts of trash now. Well, yeah, she was in, she was in Hobbs and Shaw, the greatest film ever made. Oh, yeah, the yeah. only way that me and The Rock can win this fight is if you take a punch, and then while you're taking a punch, I'll give him a punch. And then when I'm taking a punch, you give him a punch. It's like, can we not just work together to fight him in a way that wouldn't involve us getting punched in the face? <laughs> nah, mate. I'll take a punch, you punch him. He takes a punch on me, you punch him. Isn't it crazy that there's superpowers in the Fast and Furious world now? Yeah. Well, no, they're not superpowers. He's a cyborg. Is it? He's a cyborg. Yeah, Maybe. it makes all the difference. Have you actually seen it? 
It makes all the difference, doesn't it? The guy who can leap really far and can crush things. And, and he has a robot bike that's sentient. Yeah, yeah. And he's a cyborg. And he's got a robot bike that's sentient. Is this yeah. Street Hawk? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> it looks Hawk. a bit like Street Hawk, actually. Yeah. Is this their backdoor pilot for a Street Hawk movie? Also, Ryan Reynolds is clearly the bad guy in that series because his voice at the end is the one that's modulated. Wow. So he's clearly the main bad guy, even though he hires The Rock to take down the... It's all part of, it's all part of the plan. Do you think that he... Have you not seen Hobbs and Shaw? No, I haven't watched any of those films for years. The last How one I watched was not... Tokyo Drift. What? How are you... They're like, this is Power Rangers for fucking America. How have you not seen them? What, do they transform into yeah. superhero costumes yes. and stuff? Well, not superhero costumes. They transform into inhumane monsters that oh. beat each other viciously in rooftops. Do you think they're going to get justice for Han? Yes. It turns out John Cena killed Han. That's apparently going to be the big plot twist. No, Han's back. Yeah, Han... Yeah, but it, was t- it wasn't... He, he basically... John Cena was behind the whole thing where so he kidnapped like, Han. No, it was they. He basically made it look like he was dead, but Han escaped. Is that's what's going to happen? So that you way, Jason know, Statham you gets don't off even the hook. No, what you're talking about? You weren't there. Han fell in love with Giselle, right? Stop pretending like you were there. You weren't shedding tears with the rest of the Fast and the Furious fan base when Han Han bit the dust after he professed his love to Giselle. That was the first film he appeared in. It was five. It was five actually. That was five, potentially six. Tokyo Drift was the one where... Yeah, but that's a time... There's time travel in Fast and Furious. You don't know this. So you've got Fast 1. Not yet. Fast 1 there. It's not time travel. It's just that the Tokyo Drift is set later and everyone was going early 2000s cars. Because Lucas Black ages 20 years in between Tokyo Drift and the newest one, Fast 9. The one where they time travel will be after the next one. Was it Fast 7 was the last one in Fast 7? They're going to go into space and then they're going to time travel and the time travel won't be called the Past of the Furious. They've already been into the stratosphere in my heart. Hmm. How have you not seen... seen... They're going to drop cars from space. Yes, they will. They're going to race a car on a space station. Yes, they will. And I will watch it. Yeah. They'll be going across the solar panels, and they'll yeah. have to drift, and they'll chop to up the To generate heat to power up the no, no, space no, they'll, station. They'll, they'll chop up their tyres. To f- power up the laser. No, they'll get chop the up their tyres with the solar panel so that they, the air from their car... They're going to use the explodes. chrome rims to like, no, no, redirect... the tyres explode, and then they fly towards the Earth. No, they'll use the chrome rims on their but cars... spinning. ...to reflect light they'll from the sun spinning. onto so the, the solar panels. The centrifugal force of them spinning will dissipate the heat of re-entry, oh, and right. they'll be able to survive. Yeah, that's how it works. And then when they hit the ground, they just need to make sure the airbags they the airbags come out a second before they hit the ground to offset the impact yeah. of the ground, and then they go, I don't care as long as my family's survived and then you see Ludacris goes Luda and it explodes and Vin Diesel will jump out of the car and he'll just catch it before it lands on the floor he'll flip around underneath it so he'll catch it as it lands you know what right when you've got a series as big as Fast and the Furious there's no way you can fail Hmm. there is no way you are you can we please how are we going to work biker boys into it can we do a series can we starting from next week's episode can we review one Fast and Furious movie per episode I'd have to watch them. Yes, we will both watch them. We'll both yeah. suffer through each one. I've suffer. got them all on Blu-ray, right? So we got the best possible quality. I've got the seventh one on 4K, so... I watched Fast and Furious 2 once. It was terrible. Wait, Fast and Furious 2? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Too the, Fast, Too Furious. It's kind of like the Saw series, right? So you watch the first one. The second and the third one are a bit of dip in quality. Second Saw's all right. A lot of people don't like it. I like the second Saw. Saw 5's the worst one. What? That's where it goes great. No, so five's, five's terrible. where it legitimately becomes like a joke, and no, then you that's just start all laughing. Judy Benz. That's terrible. That one. Yeah, it's funny. It's awful. Um, 
It's got that terrible cop. You know the cop who can't act? Beefy cop. He gets crushed to death. He gets crushed between two wall panels. No, that's that's Strand. Strand can act. No, he's terrible. He gives himself a tracheotomy. That's the other guy. That's the villain guy. No, Strand gives himself a tracheotomy. I can't remember. Strand gives himself a tracheotomy and then Jigsaw goes, the only way to survive the test is if you enter this glass casket. If you enter this glass casket, you will be safe. If you don't, then no one will ever find your body. And then he pushes, he pushes the bad guy into the glass tank. He's like, I got you, you cunt. And then he's like, Oh wait, where are you going? And then the glass, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm being squished." He gets crushed between the two yeah, wall things. Yeah, that Strand the gets crushed, out. but Strand's not a bad cop. Strand's a good cop. Yeah, no, but he was a terrible actor. Oh right, yeah, that's what. Yeah, he's, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, saying that's he's a terrible yeah. actor. Yeah, that's fine. Six is the good one. Six is which one? Six, six? the ones with the um, the, the health, insurance salesman. Yeah, the health insurance yeah, guy. Because yeah. that's the one that's actually like, this is a story that should have been told. And it's a, it's a, it's a critique of the health insurance industry. Yeah, it's <laughs> if you rewatch that one, that's one of the. That's one of the more, like that's that's the sort of people being like, we've got to put a message. Jigsaw in. was fun. Yeah, Jigsaw was weird. It was fun. I like the fact that she's like, I killed my baby. And just put it's like, oh, the lasers husband. hit him and he's died. Just yeah. like, no, not they're just regular little lasers. Yeah. Makes him into like a demodog from fucking Stranger Things. Yeah. And the lasers go down. He goes, ha ha, you. Are you looking forward to Spiral from the Book of Saw coming out this year? Coming out last directed year, directed by Chris Rock. Starring Chris Rock. It's not directed by him, is it? It is. Is it? Go yeah, on. directed by Chris Rock, starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, isn't it funny that Jigsaw's dead from the third film onwards, but somehow it's in every film still? Um, Everyone loves him. He's the star. But yeah, I recommend... He had a really busy weekend making lots of traps, didn't he? <laughs> he has, like, years, years of making traps. Do you remember there was the one... There was the one film where the evil cop got put in the reverse bear trap and then to escape it, do you remember what he did? He smashed a window and then put his cheeks, put put the put the corner of the trap in between two iron bars so it couldn't open up when the trap went off. Um, and that broke the spring and ripped his face open and he sewed it back up and he's like, this is fine. <laughs> this is life now. And that was him setting the traps. Why was he so committed to being a saw? That's the problem. What I want to know is when is um, Channel 4 going to take me up on my friggin' idea I had? Which was? Um, the Crystal Maze, but presented by Jigsaw. Like the puppet from Jigsaw. I always wanted to do a Big Brother where... It's Crystal Maze. I always wanted to do a Big Brother where it's like a normal Big Brother for the first couple of weeks. And then you tell them that, that there's a mysterious illness. Like there's been like an infection within the house and they're actually in quarantine. No, I just thought it'd be good to do um, Big Brother and then just one week, no, people just stop talking to him. <laughs> Like they don't get any communication. Well, that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted them quiet. to, I wanted them to go into the diary room and like be like report any symptoms to the diary room. And then every time someone goes in and says, "I've got this weird rash on my shoulder," be like, "Okay, that's been noted. Let us know if it gets any worse. Also, let us know if you have any coughing." And like there's people that are slowly losing their mind, thinking they're dying of a disease. Hmm. <laughs> be fantastic. All right. Anyway, uh, your uh, final review. You waste enough time now, yeah? Yeah, well, it's only this is like one of our shorter episodes. Oh, I've been good. well behaved. Right, Cyber City, a Weedo 808. Oh, yeah, that's been that released on Blu ray. All of in a day. It is out today. Is it? When the vid- when this goes up tomorrow. When the vidya. When this episode goes up Monday. Oh, right, so you got it like days and I've days got it early. Four days early. Um, yeah, because I pre ordered it. Not because I've got some sort of sponsorship with all the anime, because, you oh, know. Fucking amazing. They wouldn't sponsor me. Nah, I, they, some of their releases are all just like. Just lolly. stuff I can't be bothered about. Just lolly. 
And they release some good stuff. They do I, some Hannah and Alice. That's quite good. Do they release Demon Slayer? Because I read no. all of Demon Slayer. No, but they did um, Your Name. That was them. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. But anyway, Sub-Zero Away Away is one of the uh, animes that I watched a hell of a lot when I was a kid. Came out in 1994 in the UK. Wasn't it Wicked City was the other one you said you kept watching? The same director, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. That's fucking weird. Um, what's his name? Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Oh, um, he also that. did... Um, because he did Demon City, obviously. He did yeah, Cyber yeah, City. He did friggin' um, Ninja Scroll. Um, Curse of the Vampire Hunter D. No, he didn't. He didn't do that. He did uh, Vampire Hunter D. Oh, be careful with that, because I've had to put the back sheet in there and it barely fits. Oh, um, I wondered why it was so He did Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which yeah. is really good. That um, Did one of the Gotham Knights things. Oh, okay, yeah. Batman ones. But anyway, it's really good. So Cyber City is basically it's Suicide Squad. Um, okay. There's a basically a bunch of criminals. That's got, a guy, isn't it? Yeah, Benton. Okay. Sengoku, Benton, and Gogol, and basically they've got like three hundred some odd years on their sentence. Okay. And they get hired by this guy to because there's a police problem in Cyber City in Oedo. Yeah. Um, Oedo stands for something ridiculous, and I can't remember what it is. It's never mentioned in the show. It's only in the books and stuff that came out around it. Um, but it's it's a play on the whole Oedo. Like Japanese great 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 Edo period as it okay. were Japanese yeah. yeah so they're basically fighting they're basically solving crimes to reduce their sentence all that sort of stuff yeah it's a Suicide Squad they got collars around the neck we're gonna blow up um and each it's basically three separate stories each one focusing on one of the team mm-hmm. and like the others come in and out of it and they solve crimes and stuff like that oh they've all got they've all got uh... that's the um. What are they called? They're like a thing that is a defensive thing for fighting samurais. Baton. They're not called batons. But in ancient Japan, they were like, you know, the equivalent of those was to catch a samurai sword and twist it out of their hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's a defensive tool. But they use them in this as well. They're uses just weapons. Them. But that's a sai. But they're not sais. They're the things that are designed to catch a sword and twist the blade out of someone's hand. Michelangelo? Yeah, like Michelangelo did. Yeah, he's sure. A party dude. No, he's cool but crude. Um. <laughs> So basically, the first episode has Sengoku dealing with... It's basically Die Hard. There's like a super tall tower that goes up above the crowd clouds. Oh, like Dread. Yeah. But um, there's basically a computer AI is taking over the tower, and okay. it's trying to kill someone in the tower. Oh, um, that's pretty cool. And it's the first... Like All three of them have a similar theme that runs through of life after death. And it's basically, there's a guy in the tower who murdered someone years ago, and the guy's dead body is sort of like wired up to all this circuitry and controlling the tower. Oh. Um, it's so tall, it goes up above the clouds, there's like a gyro thing, and he turns it off, so the tower starts leaning over, um, which would collapse instantly. Um, the moment that thing went off by a slight degree, it would kill everyone, but I'm not mm. going to worry about that, because it's a cool anime. Um, the second one's got Golgul fighting some cyborg f- weapon from the military, and they're trying to basically sell this weapon as a thing to replace this team of criminals oh, okay and he just has a massive fight with it on the Tokyo Town it's fucking rad as shit oh you know what I really fancy watching now you've spoken about that do, do, have you recently watched the um, the end to um, Cowboy Bebop yeah I've watched Cowboy Bebop a ton of times you know the movie yeah that's where not where the Spike, end of Cowboy Bebop where, is it not where was no that the movie with? sets between episodes 21 and 22 oh okay where Spike fights his um, old war buddy well no Vicious is a the character at the end of the series Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm getting the end of the series mixed up with the film. The movie's got a different character altogether. Oh, okay, it's in the tower in the movie, isn't it? No. Is that the end of the series? No, yeah. Ah. Oh. I don't know. But, um... It's reminding me of that, though, because it's like the... You know, like, he's fighting what's meant to be, like, the version of him that was perfect. 
No, no, this is just a cyborg, but it's a dead dead guy inside a robot costume. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Man. But it's cool. That episode like has all the characters investigating separate things, and it all ties into this main story of Golgol fighting this ro- end up end up being made to fight the robot. Yeah. Um, like at the start, Benton seizes a bunch of um, criminals who are selling body parts, like arms and legs, that they're smuggling for? out. And then later on, he finds the dead people inside tubes with their arms and legs cut off and they're being used to make the cyborgs that Golgu's fighting. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, because like, so the arms and legs aren't needed. They just need the um, internal oh, organs and the brain for yeah, the cyborg. so they're like, they've chopped off all their arms and legs. Like, yeah. the people are just missing everything. And they've everything. gone into the black market to be smuggled out. Oh. Um, and the third one... Your genitals off as and well, the third right? one goes super gothic, which has, like, vampires and stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, Benton story. But each one like is all about some form of life after death or trying to prolong life and things like that. It's like a nice theme running through it. Um, and this Blu-ray release has the Japanese dub. If you want to watch the Japanese version, fine. You can have it with its pop music and its pop songs mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But the real version is the UK version because that's the one that was done by Manga Video and it hasn't been available since the VHS days because Manga lost the rights to it. Okay. So they couldn't republish the original English dub that they did. And the English dub is amazing because it's one of those ones where they're trying to basically force it into an 18 certificate uh, by the, filling it with swearing. Who's the cast? Bunch of manga artists. Oh, British okay. people doing American accents. Um, that's what they all were. <laughs> British people pretending to be American. Um, and it's got music which is just like full-on heavy metal rock soundtrack that's just freaking badass. Um, the soundtrack CD is like super expensive but it comes with this. So you don't need to buy that really expensive soundtrack CD from the 90s. Um, but it's really good. You can watch the American version as well, which has the same dub for the cast, but a different music, mm. which no one cares about that. But this film's like known as a cult classic in the UK. It's like one of the ones that was like famous during the 90s and all this sort of stuff. And around the world now, that's the version that people will watch because it's like the Japanese version kind of lacks some teeth. Mm. It's more serious. Like there's less jokes in it. There's still some jokes, but it's not as outlandish and crazy. And it's almost like the English version is realising how outlandish and crazy it could be. Gives it that extra bit of attitude. Is that a Kira 4K Blu-ray release coming out this week? I don't know. Who cares? But um, no, really good Blu-ray release of that. Comes with a nice book that's got loads of history about it. Introducing with um, Thingy, what's his name, Hargreaves that did the music. Nigel Hargreaves? I can't remember. But um, it's got like, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff, stories about the making of it. Cyber City was one of the first... Uh, multimedia products. The original plan was to have like there was a game released for it on PC Engine. Yeah, which like is another story. There was books going alongside it as well, and the whole idea was it would be a series of things that exist in different multimedia's way ahead of its time. Because a bit like what they tried to do with Shadow of the whatever it was the Star Wars thing. What Shadow of the Empire? Yeah, yeah, but this was like in 1990. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just saying way like, ahead of its time that sort of thinking to do. Like a video game and a film and all that. Yeah. Um, but no, it's so much fun. It's like proper 90s violence, sweary, ridiculous anime with like kick-ass action sequences. You know, and because it's, it's a friggin' um, Yoshiaki Karajiri work, mm. it's like just the action is fantastic. Like Ninja Scroll, I still think is his best thing. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlines is pretty close. Like, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlines is fantastic. It's the mm. second Vampire Hunter D film. Yeah. Um, but friggin' his work is amazing. He's like 70 now. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. I didn't realise he was so old. 
But I guess that's just because his stuff's so energetic and crazy, even the stuff he's been doing in recent years. Like you'd think it would be a younger person doing it. Yeah, it's but, a bit um, like Martin Scorsese, but then you they think, still retain that energy to yeah. their direction. But then you think back that, oh no, he's been directing anime since the mid-80s. Like Wicked City's like 1986, 87, I think it's 87, and Demon City was the year after. Is like, Demon City the sequel? Yeah, Demon yeah. City Shinjuku. Because um, Wicked City was a theatrical release and Demon City was a straight was a video release. Yeah. But Wicked City was meant to be a video release. He just basically convinced them to let him add extra stuff. To turn it into a full movie. Was Rise of the Overfiend the one with the guy who has the... Um, Rise of the Overfiend, Legend of the Overfiend. It's yeah. a Kadoji. Is that the one where the guy has a kendo stick? No, that's the one where the guy chops his dick off and places it with a What's demon dick. What's the one where the guy's got a kendo stick and it's like super-powered kendo? <laughs> no idea. You're thinking of Rurouni Kenshin where he fights with the back of his sword? No, Rurouni Kenshin's amazing. Yeah. The guy can't be beaten. He's got mm. so many films. Have you seen like They've released like... The live action film's great. They've released like seven in the last ten years. Really? Yeah. Too many of them. No, no, like they're all the first one. They're all different, like mangas. Like one of them is two is. I watched the original anime. Yeah, there's two parts of Rio Kenshin. uh, One of the newer ones, I think, is the 2014 one. You've got the first one, the second, and the second one's the one with the guy with the bandages over his face that fights him. Mm. He's meant to be like his equal as a swordsman. It's like, what did it cost you? He's like, it cost me what you see. No, that's Time City <coughs> Blu-ray release. Well worth getting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I, I've been keeping an eye out for that Akira 4K release. Especially because I want to watch that film again. Like, apparently they've restored it. I bought it on Blu-ray years ago. And I still haven't watched the Blu-ray version. Yeah. I um, um, I've got the DVD as well. But Akira, I've got a VHS with um, the original dub. Oh, really? The one that had, um, before Johnny Young Bosch and all that, it was yeah. like the original manga video dub. Because Johnny Young Bosch is on the like more modern dub of it. Mm. But um, yeah, I've got that recorded off BBC Two when it aired in like nineteen ninety one, ninety two. I watched that way too young. I had <laughs> I had a copy of Nightbreed that similarly I had taken off of the TV. I think Channel Four played it. And yeah, then it was just how you like, got your films back in the day. Yeah, yeah you right. waited four years for them to be shown on TV, and then you you were like, "Mom, Dad, are you going to bed before 11? Yeah, okay, I'm going to film something off the TV. Yeah, God, that was great. I used to love that. We don't get we don't get stuff on TV anymore. No manga, no I anime. I don't think we watch TV anymore. Fucking, we? we just watch fucking Netflix and shit like that. So I'm not. I can't get on with modern anime at all. Like it's all just. It depends on what you're like. Slacking teeth. It's if you, all if, just. If you like the shonen style stuff, there is some good stuff out there. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like the problem was that after Dragon Ball Z got popular, they realised oh we don't have to have super gory anime. Like Dragon Ball Z, someone loses an arm every so often or gets like a laser through him. But for the most part, it's pretty pretty toothless but you've got stuff like even My Hero Academia does some really dark shit with some of the themes that it has there as well like there are there's like proper body horror in the last it's all series too of- clean the last one I really liked was friggin um, Dead Man Wonderland that was that was fun as You're, fuck. You would definitely get on with My Hero Academia if you like Dead Hero Dead Man Wonderland well, they never finished Dead Man Wonderland <laughs> no they didn't and I'm one of the weirdos you liked Melancholia for He's Endless Summer <laughs> Which one was that? Endless Summers, where there's eight episodes where basically the exact same thing happens in eight episodes. Oh, the schoolgirl thing. Yeah, Melancholy Fury is fantastic. I didn't like it. I didn't get on with it. What? No. Oh, Demon Slayer's Demon good. Demon Slayer's good. And Demon Slayer has a lot of themes about, like, basically in the first episode, his entire family gets slaughtered and his sister becomes, like, a fucking demon thing. Um, yeah, they, there are some really good animes out there right now. And, like, um, um, despite the fact that most people have stopped watching yeah, it. The best anime that's been on recent years is that Grexco. <laughs> oh the panda yeah. thing 
Uh, we, Attack on Titan's apparently really fucking good now. No, they've changed all the animation style on that, haven't they? I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I, I know that One One Punch Man they changed in the second series wasn't as good as the first. Yeah. Because the first series of One Punch Man is uh, basically perfection when it comes to fucking stupid anime. Did you ever watch that? No. No? no. I watched but, a little bit of Kill the Kill. Kill the Kill's fine, but it got way yeah. too pervy in the last, like, three episodes. It's kind of the whole thing about the show, though, when it was well, kind of just yeah, mocking like, that stuff. The problem was that it just like it's still even if you're perpetuating like even if you're if you're mocking it you're still perpetuating those fucking cliches and like if you are mocking it why don't you make it so that they suddenly wear boiler suits as soon as they've got superpowers rather than fucking making it skimpy as possible? I didn't watch much um, Space Dandy either. Should have watched more of that. I didn't watch Space Dandy. Yeah, I mostly rewatched Samurai Champloo and fucking Cowboy Bebop. I just didn't bring good those. anime. I want I want unnecessary swearing. I want like. People getting ripped to shreds. Yeah, I don't really want unnecessary swearing. I want heavy metal music. I like people being ripped to shreds, and that's like, a, again, Demon Slayer. It's that so one with the um, town with all the vampires in it. There's one where there's like a village where it's full of vampires, and there's one girl gets run over by a steamroller. Everyone starts getting paranoid about who's a vampire and who isn't. And there's one oh. bit where there's the one girl who's like, fuck you guys, I'm going to go back to the city. They run her over with a tractor and her head yeah. explodes. Um, that was really gruesome. Oh, there's that Uzumaki anime is coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be fucking good. Yeah. Um, no, no. But Cyber City, it's a really good Blu-ray release. I don't know if it's... I think that collector's edition is the only one you're going to get, and it's 40 quid. Mm. But um, I got it during December. They were doing, like, um, when they so, pre-ordered it, the day they released it, like, the day they put the pre-orders out, they took 15 quid off the price for the day. Oh, that's not So bad. you could pre-order it to get it for 25 quid before release, but now series. it's 40 quid. But it's only three episodes. Oh, yeah. But it's a two-hour-long thing. Yeah. Because it was an OVA series. But, um... Yeah, it's three episodes, soundtrack, CD, booklet. Um, the back of the box says there's art cards and stickers in there. That was never mentioned anywhere before. They must have obviously removed that before they went to print. Yeah. Um, and made the mistake of leaving it on the back of the box. I say the back of the box, on the piece of paper that comes stuck to the back of the box. I was going to say. That's inside it now, because it's too big. to It won't stick to the back. Yeah. So, I'm keeping hold of it, though. But it's a really nice release. Yeah. All the anime do good stuff. They're, they're kind of like the Arrow video of anime now. Um, what was what the uh, Full Metal Alchemist was a pretty good anime. I never got on with that. You liked Parasite, didn't you? Uh, I watched half of it. Never watched the second half. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, you should you watch the second watch half. Yeah, just watch it. Because the first half of that's really good. Everyone knows the best anime of all time was Ultimate Muscle, though. No. No. Ultimate Muscle was amazing. No. <laughs> so good. Everyone knows it was Adventure Twins where zombies suddenly had dildo fingers and started fucking raping horrendous. What was sci-fi doing in the 90s showing that shit at late at night? Like sci-fi, sci-fi used to, uh, this is for anyone who's like younger than us, probably most people, I think everybody's Sci-fi channel us. used to show um, Martian Success and Odesco and yeah. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Tenchi Moyo. And Tenchi Moyo was on CNX. Well, I was just cutting Network's anime block late at night. Well, no, CNX, Cartoon Network had a channel called CNX, which was basically the edgy cartoon network. Ah, uh, okay. Which had kung fu shows, and they showed um, Tenchi Moyo, Dragon Ball Z was on there first, and um, Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star. See, by the Got time, Outlaw Star, by the time that stuff was on there, it was called Toonami. Yeah, they changed it after yeah. a year. Um, but that one year was glorious. Hmm. The kung fu movies they showed on there, man, were rad. But yeah, Snake and Eagle Shadow Sci-fi stuff. used to have like anime. Like, there's still one that I can't find that I'd like to see again that was really good because I found Spriggan because Spriggan was one I've of the ones. I've got Spriggan on DVD. Spriggan's a good film. I've got it on DVD. Yeah, yeah, that's the one with the soldier super strong, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Um, there was another one that, that that was about this um this garage guy. He like he runs a garage and just like one day 
like a mech basically just lands in the garage because it's being transported above Tokyo to go and fight this other robotic mech in the outskirts of the city. And he works out how to get inside of it because he's a mechanic. And like basically he's looking inside of it. Someone scares him and he trips and gets trapped inside of it. And it's him just trying to escape the city whilst being hunted by other people in these experimental mechs. No idea. <laughs> it's really fucking good. Really beautiful animation as well. It's just a fucking shame I can't find anywhere. Because it's such a generic premise as well. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find um, anime with a mecha. Yeah. But um, I will find it one day. But yeah, Spriggan is so fucking weird at the end. That goes full Akira for you. Spriggan's great. It is really good. Is he meant to be an android? He is, isn't he? No, he's like cybernetically enhanced yeah. and stuff. Because you've got like the fat man and then you've got the fucking the, the guy who can read minds and shit, don't you? Yeah, it's like a Metal Gear Solid movie. It's yeah, like, it's essentially a Metal Gear Solid movie. Yeah. And at the end he travels through time. It's like a whole bunch of freaking <laughs> weird shite and crazy, yeah. you know, villains with crazy gimmicks to fight and... Yeah. Yeah, all that oh, stuff. Oh, it has that fucking great scene where the guy's got a minigun and he just tears someone to pieces. <laughs> this has become jelly. Uh, oh, sorry, my last review. That's it, isn't it? That's that's the last thing to do. Yeah, your last review. So my last review this week is going to be the only real big release, I think, of this week. Can you think of any big games that came out this week? I'll give you a big release in a minute. That's not what I was talking about, but all right. Uh, I played Scott Pilgrim versus The World, the video game. Well, I played that 11 years ago. And the Nintendo Switch. Well, then you've got some great insight into this. Um, yeah, I bought on the I've Nintendo got it on my Switch. broken Xbox. So I bought on the Nintendo Switch. And can you not download it again? Didn't you say the other day that... So it's completely uh, lost to time. Yeah, because this one's a new release, isn't it? It's not the same. No, that's shit. Same thing. It's the same with that Turtles in Time release, isn't it? You can't download that anymore. All the yeah, Simpsons I've got game. that on my Xbox. Have you really? On my 360. I need a new Xbox 360. Just take the hard drive out and pop it in another one. Which type is it? Um, it's a Slim. Oh, I've got one downstairs. Not the Super Slim, the original Slim. I've got one downstairs. Yeah, we can even. try it if you want. Um, it stopped working after I played Right to Hell. <laughs> Literally, that's the last game I'll play. It killed it. I, honestly, I don't think it's broken. I think it's protesting me. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's actually committed suicide. Um, but yeah, so uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, so I never got to play this on its original release. Like um, back then, like I said, I played Tales in Time and I had the Simpsons game, but I never got the Scott Pilgrim game. Mm. Um, just because around that time, I sort of wasn't playing video games as much 10 years ago. Just I had like a, you know, when you have a period of time where you don't play them really. Um, I think the last game I played before that was The Force Unleashed and I sort of took a long break from playing video games. My ringtone on my phone is um, Anna Managuchi's Another Winter from the Scott Pilgrim game. Cool. It's been the ringtone on my phone since that game came out. Nice. Actually, probably before that because I heard it early. Thank God you've never switched to uh, iPhones, eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World the Video Game is very simply an adaptation of the manga Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, not the film. Don't call it a manga. It is. It's, it's a six-issue manga. It's a comic book. Is it five issues? It's not Japanese. It's a comic book. Okay, it's fine. It's, it's a... six. I've six. got them over there. Yeah. And Lost at Sea. Lost at Sea is really good. Um, it's yeah. a six-issue comic book in which Scott navigates the world of growing up, learning what it means to be a person in the world, and also dealing with feelings of inadequacy when comparing <laughs> oneself to the exes of your new partner. That's it, right? Like, that's it. That's basically what it is. Scott learning to not be an asshole. Yeah, that's what I mean. Growth. Hmm. Um, and, and through all this, he learns lessons by physically fighting the exes of Ramona Flowers, his new boo, boo, boo. Um, and, uh, yeah, and to, uh, to create a video game version of that, pretty simple. Just make a side scrolling beat em up. 
with um, some of the best mechanics going in terms of beat-em-ups. It's really solid. You're constantly learning moves and getting new upgrades. and riff on River City Ransom. Yeah. The whole game is. Absolutely. Um, the whole film is. The concept of everything is yeah. all just a plan. Because, I mean, even in the book, you don't get it in the... You don't get it in the film, but in the books, he... I remember that Ramona Flowers and who is the first one? Who's the guy? Raj? Raj, Raj Patel. Yeah, Raj Patel. Um, he um, he and, and Ramona Flowers beat up the school bullies in like a, in like a climactic battle at the end and they beat them all to, to you know, be together. Um, and that's really, really reminiscent of... Did you ever watch the Crow series, the uh, schoolyard? They're basically like crime dramas in a school. Where instead of it being like mafia families, it's just I'm the strongest kid in the school. It's like no, I'm the strongest kid. It's like okay, we'll fight, and then they fight and fight. I mean, out. they're it's, it's based on the Kunio Kun games. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's what the influences are. Okay. Right. I mean, there's... but anyway. So anyway, so uh, so it's very of... specifically games by those developers yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, the Clash at Demon Head is another one in the series. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's yeah. a spin-off of the yeah, Kunio Kun games. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, it's uh, really strong, really good visuals. The whole thing works very well. It's a perfect handheld game. I don't know how this wasn't released somehow on the Game Boy Advance or something like that because it, it is like the perfect handheld game. In eleven years ago, 3DS was out eleven years ago. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Be a perfect Vita game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Game Boy Advance was released in like two thousand one. I know, I know, like, I know, I know. I'm just old. Like I said, yeah. I'm old, stuck in my ways. I was about to start singing MC Chris then. Cuck. I'm old. I'm stuck in my ways. Cucking your ways. MC P pants in uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm old. I'm stuck in my ways. I've been stuck in my bed. Been stuck for days. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, it's a really strong game. Like, the only thing is that, um, I mean, it's a shame that within the last 12 months we've had Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say is that it's a shame that we had what is quite possibly the most refined... Scott Pilgrim vs. the World probably kicked off the whole Brawler revival. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. since then you had stuff like Double Dragon Neon and you had a whole bunch of really shitty ones. Well, that's Like the Watchmen I think, game. And I think Tales in Time that. came out before this. Uh, it was like probably about the same time. Yeah. Maybe. I think Tales in Time was 2008 and that's a really strong... Because I replayed that a little while ago. And that's a really strong PS3 3D brawler. No, everyone hates that Turtles in Time remake. I like it. it it's looks not really the same nice. as Turtles in Time. It's a different no. game. But it looks really nice. It's a decent it's really brawler. Um, the only level that pissed me off is the dinosaur level, but there's always one of those levels for everyone. Mm. It's like lots of people don't like the water levels in Sonic. I think if they had just done a Turtles brawling beat-em-up that wasn't called Turtles in Time, yeah, because people wanted a remake of Turtles in Time. It kind of is that. It's like a re... But that's what it is. That's the thing. It's a remake of Turtles in Time, but yeah. it's it's done differently. It's a refined version of that. Um, but yeah, this came out around the same time, like you said, like the Brawler revival was happening. And yeah, it's just, it is a shame that they couldn't release it sooner. Because if this came out like, if this came out before, say, Battletoads or um, Streets of Rage 4, I think that people would consider it a lot higher than it is. But because those two are like, Battletoads, for all the people, for all the people don't like it, I think the humour in that is fucking great in a lot of instances like I laughed a lot playing that mm. and then also uh, on the flip side Streets of Rage 4 has some of the most simplified ca- mechanics for a beat em up game but it it uses them in such interesting ways like there are ways to juggle enemies that you discover like midway through the game and like just learning how to manage crowds and stuff like that in, in Streets of Rage is such a stop doing that it's such a it's such a natural thing as you're playing you don't think about it you just suddenly start pulling off these manoeuvres that you're learning well, Street Rage has got really good enemy AI because yeah. they 
they do the whole thing where they shuffle around a bit before they come in to attack you. Yeah. So you've got time to beat up one turn, beat up the other one, boom, boom, keep the pace going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim is still still so good. It's just, I feel like... It's brutally difficult at the start. Yeah. Okay. There is you... a There's a secret shop on the first stage that you can find. Which one? It's hidden away in um, when you get towards a tunnel, I think it is, if I remember rightly. But if you go into that shop, you can buy a shit ton of upgrades and basically... Oh. You can basically boost yourself right at the start of the game. Oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> I've been... I, I Like I said, haven't played it before, so I'm sort of learning as I play. I've not completed it yet. I'm about two-thirds of the way through. It, is, it gets frigging good. Like yeah. That game goes nuts. But like even now, I've got like running stuff that you can mm. do now. Like You get to about level level seven or nine between mm. the two. Um, I've started getting some really like decent moves. Shit, I've got it on PS3 as well. I've got a lot of like crowd control stuff that's really decent, and also mm. the grab mechanics for grabbing characters and the fact that you can throw them and they'll do damage, but then they'll also do damage to the people on the floor that they hit. Yeah. Stuff like that is missing from so many beat 'em up games. It seems like such a simple thing, but as soon as you're juggling items along with people, that mechanic is fucking great. And I wish that was present in more stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I love getting people coined. But there are just there's a few annoying enemies. You play more of it when you get stuff like the Katinage twins. That because. It's not based on the film, this game. It's based on the comic. I've already fought the Kazanagi. The, the ones with the scarves. No, well, it's the twins. They've got robots. Oh, no, no. I no, because in the film, the Kazanagi twins, they have that whole um, DJ turntable yeah, yeah, yeah. versus rock battle, which yeah. isn't in the comics. In the comics, the Kazanagi twins have robots that fight for them, and Scott has to fight their robot minions. <laughs> so nice. he's got these two robots you have to fight, and that's what happens in the game. Because yeah. the game is based on the comic. But it's also... The finale for it is what Brian Lee and Mally had originally written for the finale of the comic, and they never did, which is there's a mecha battle <laughs> towards oh, the end. Nice. So, yeah, it's pretty great. It's yeah. freaking um, good stuff. I found myself like, this is the first beat-em-up where I've not been progressing the story as quickly as I normally would. Instead, what I've been doing is playing through the levels to try and work out work out how to do stuff. Because mm. things like extra lives aren't really explained to you properly. You sort of you have to do a bit of searching around. Like, there are subspace... Whatever it's called, is yeah. it Subspace Emissary, or is that fucking, is that Smash Brothers? Yeah, Smash Brothers. Yeah, but you, you find ways to travel between points in the map, and you can go into those, and there's like those flying pig, piggy banks and stuff yeah. like that, and you can beat those up. Like, I've been doing that, and just like learning stuff here and there, and learning different weapons, and how different weapons work, and where I can exemplify in other areas. It's just, the whole thing's really fun. Um, one of the cool things about this is it's all the content as well, so it's all the extra characters and shit like that. Um, yeah, they're just two DLC characters. Wallace yeah. Wells and Knives Chow. I was expecting Chow Young Knives. Neil to be available to play as. No, no Young Neil. No. But they've got like a he's zombie in mode. He's in the game. He turns up in yeah, the Yeah, yeah, he's standing targets. in the background loads. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's like there's like a few different mini games. By the end of the game, he's known as Neil. That's right. You're <laughs> Neil now. From now on, you should be known as Neil. <laughs> Hey guys, look, I learned the baseline from Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Like, like I said, I am always so happy when something works as like a, a decent handheld experience because I don't, I so often play my Switch. There's your fucking 4K Blu-ray of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's 10th anniversary. Yeah, to be fair, all the Cornetto trilogy have been released in 4K. Yeah, where's Scott Pilgrim, Dan? Well, last year was the 10th anniversary. No, it's 2010. 10, yeah, whatever. Last year was the anniversary. <laughs> Well, I, that's why I was talking about um, Speed Racer, because it's come to the 15th anniversary, isn't it? Where's my Speed Racer, damn it. Do you know, um, did you see that The Matrix is getting released through HBO Max? It's just called Matrix. Is it just called Matrix? Yeah, oh. Nova. It's cleaner. Oh, right. So it's like Too Fast, Too Furious. 
No, that, that was just Fast Furious. Well, that's four. Fast Furious, Fast and Furious, that was four. No, the next one's called Fast Furious. No, it's not. It's called Fate of the Furious, because it's the eighth one. Come on, they're smarter than that. And the one where they time travel is called Pass of the Furious. No, no, no. This is the time travel one we call Pass of the Furious. No, it's Fast of the Line. No. Because it's number nine. No. <laughs> Fast of the Line, Fast of the Furious 9. You clearly don't understand how they name these films. The Past of the Furious is clearly going to be the time no, travel no, movie. No, no, The tenth one, maybe. And you know what it'll be? But they all have space before they do time travel. No, it'll be called Fast Tense. And it'll be Fast and Furious 10. Because, like, Past Tense? It'll be Fast Tense. Fast and Furious 10. Underestimating them. I think that you are underestimating how good I am at coming up with these titles. Fast Tense is what they need to call Fast and Furious 10 when they travel back in time. To save Han. Again. And Paul Walker. Well, that's how he turns up in the new film. <laughs> oh, right! Fuck! Because it's already genius. happened. That's genius. Yeah. Oh, God. And then Mark Ruffalo goes and meets the ancient Speaking one. time travel shit, I saw someone today going, oh, here's an amazing revelation that'll blow your mind. And it was like, in Back to the Future at the start, when they go to the car park of the shopping mall, it's called the Twin Pines Mall. But later in the film, it's called Lone Pine Mall. And it's not a mistake, because Smarty McFly drove his car through one of the pines. And it's like, yeah, we, we know that's like... That's, that's like baby's that's first like, IMB, IMDb. That's not film. some secret e. Oh, I give Scott Pilgrim... Um, I'm going to give it a Tom Atkins because I love the fucking series and I love the film, but for anyone who's not like a big fan of those, why are you playing it? Fuck off. I guess. Uh, yeah, sorry, you were saying, yeah, that's like baby's first trivia. Yeah. It's fucking insanely stupid. Did you know there are four different cuts of Highlander 2? Why? I don't know. One cut was bad enough. One cut from the dead. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So yeah. So do you want to do this? We'll watch a saw movie. No, we'll watch a Fast and Furious movie every every episode. We'll review it. We'll talk about it. No. Can we please do this? No. Yes. No. Yes. We're gonna do it. No. Yes. No. Yes. Come on. It's gonna be fun. I like this. That's... I made a special gum. Anyway, that's been Crit Apocalypse, episode 152. Uh, as always, feel free to give us a like, comment, and whatever the fuck else people do on this fucking website. Um, uh, you can find Ant at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. You can also find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube, and also Reacting Sentai Yoppa Ranger on uh, YouTube. Um, and also Transformazoids, my, tra- my journey through Transformer toys. Is Ant's new series. <laughs> I'm not going to call it something like that if I make a Transformers channel. Transformersoids. That's a terrible name. Transformersoids. That's a, yeah, because oh. you get the Zoids audience and the Transformers audience. They're two different things. Yeah, I know. Zoids would have to have its own channel. No, it wouldn't. It's... That's the point. It's all about Zoids and Transformers. Technically, Transformers are Zoids. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Completely different toy no, ranges. No, well, different toy ranges, but they are by definition. Zoids. Zoids don't transform into robots. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Do you not? Have you not They're seen Zoids? Zoids? Yes. I had lots of Zoids. <laughs> you don't talk like Zoids. I even had said nights. You don't talk like someone who had a lot of Zoids. I'm going to say that right now. You sound like you had Bakugo and you're pretending you had Zoids. Bakugan. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I can smell the Bakugan on you. Bakugan transform. They transform. Little capsule things. <laughs> Zoids don't transform. <laughs> you can find me at Crit Apocalypse on Twitter and on YouTube. I fucking think you know robots. I've been doing some streaming. Come like, join me on Twitch under Crit Apocalypse. <laughs> you fucking Bakugan bitch. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind. I was always more of a Metabots fan. 
What's that one that had the character called Mong? <laughs> Ro- not Roblox. Was it Card Captors? No, it had like. Oh, you're talking about um, fucking Rubik's. Yeah, Rubik's. That's it. Oh, no. Yeah, they had a character called Mong, and he had, <laughs> and he was clearly drawn to have Down syndrome. And I was like, you can't. Yeah, he, he was clearly drawn to be. You can't do this. Something. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we don't comment on that sort of thing here. Oh, as always, Trump fucks kids, and now he's going to prison. And uh, Boris Johnson's a cunt. I mean, they're all cunts, aren't they? Tories, fucking cunts. They You're going to vote Tory again next time, aren't you? No, I'm never, I've never voted Tory in my life, nor will I ever vote Tory in my life. Um, what can we say? What can we say? Uh, Tory party hid years of child sex abuse by Jimmy Savile and also various priests, so they fuck kids, literally. Mm. Anyway, and uh, later. Bye.